Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? It's for jugglers and jugglets. Listening to the best best friends podcast in the world. Who do you think you are? I am. Yo. Welcome back, friends. It's your number one source for all things craft beer related. It's the internationally acclaimed Cindy Crawford approved podcast of hops high fives. I tried to go. I thought about going no look there. Uh, it was a wise decision. We'll get better. Yeah. And friendship. I am your host weighing in at a stout 0.097 metric tons of fun. The Beast of the Yeast, Crispus Maximus. <sighs> we won't get into my other nickname yet. Uh, it's Tom. And I'm your other host here. I'd say I'm the... Oh, man, I guess I can't talk about my position. No. Anymore either. Oh, that's sad. I'd say I guess I need a new position now. I guess yeah. I am the uh, I'm the high priest of the Ministry of the Malt. Right. The Royers Ford Rattlesnake. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's Dan. All right. And we are the best, best friends podcast in the world. I turned my bass up for that one. (laughs) All right, everybody. Welcome back for another star-studded episode of the best best friends podcast in the world the hits just keep on coming i know um dan we need we do need to address something um as as the as of the release of this episode uh everybody knows the results of the election and um you know we failed then I'm so sorry I let you down, Tom. It's not on you. You know, I think I think my running mate was too transparent. Too transparent. He couldn't hide anything. He so, wasn't a hype bear. No. You know, I should I should have known. I should have taken the advice of some of our brewer friends and gone with what sells and went with a double IPA over over my Pilsner running mate. So everybody, you know, you all know the results. Uh, I, I failed in my efforts to become president of the United States of America with my running mate, a glass of Pilsner. Um, you know, I should have, you know what? I probably should have gone with uh, maybe the juicy pills. Maybe. From, yeah. Maybe. A, a little foreshadowing there. Oh, okay. Uh, I like that. You know, because building up, building up. I should have gone with a dry hopped pilsner because that would have, man, that would have, that would have got, that would have got everybody. I would have went to a broader audience. This is all things. It's all, all in retrospect. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, much like the year. Um, 
That's okay, Tom. I, you know, I, you did your best, but, and I know that I would have done a much better job than the unqualified person who is currently running our president, our, our country, whoever that is, whoever you, that is right now. Yeah. Cause we don't know yet until it happens. Yeah. Until it drops. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we didn't win. Um, you know, there are, there are certain breweries out there that are, I, I think may have been running smear campaigns against me. Um, because they are going to live to produce uh, their smoothie sours. Another day. <laughs> At least another four years. Another four Sorry. years. Until they're producing their Berliner Vices. For another four years. <laughs> Quote unquote. Kettle sours. Right. Yeah. So, all right, everybody, enjoy your, your pureed smoothies for another four years, but we'll be back. Don't worry. Oh, and that will, we'll be back with a vengeance. We're coming back. Yeah. All right, everybody. So we're going to, let's not keep our guests. Yeah, we, we can. Um, all right. So we're joined today. Um, maybe the, maybe the hypest brewery we've had on the podcast so far. I'd say so. I mean, for us, at least we were, yeah. We were really excited about this one coming up. I mean, I don't know they they have quite the uh, the Instagram hype. They got that clout, them. yeah. Um, so we are joined today by part owner and head brewer of the Warwick Farm Brewing uh, facility in, located in uh, Jamison, PA. It's head brewer Ryan. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up, Ryan Size. C's. C's, damn it. I told you. <laughs> damn it. Intro. I was getting emotional. That was incredible. <laughs> I know. It It got me a little choked up, Tom. When you, when you hit that music, I was like, oh my God, this hits hard. You know, that yeah. whole music hit differently. Mm-hmm. It's been a, it's been a rough couple days um, since the election. I'm looking into the, the future because we're on, it's Sunday. Let's <laughs> see, or it's Monday. It's Monday. We're a day before the election, but you're all hearing this afterwards and we all know the results. This is what it was. Tom all, didn't win guys. No, it, I, I honestly, I didn't really think, I don't think I even made it on the ballot. Nope. Nope. They wouldn't, they wouldn't invite me to any of the debates. Um, they were all scurred, uh, overshadowed by Kanye. Pilsner choice. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, a Pilsner, you know, I'm a, I like, I like a good Pilsner. I'm a, I'm a crispy boy. Um, which I'm, I think I might change that. I, I think I am, uh, because all the beers that I like have a strong malt backbone. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, okay, pil- what's a Pilsner, but Pilsner malt. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a malty boy. There you um, go. Okay, and I, Tom. Pilsner Tom, has, okay. Pilsner has nothing to hide where they're too, it's too transparent. You know, a- every good politician has some kind of skeleton in their closet. Not a Pilsner. No. A Pilsner, <laughs> Pilsner is just a good corn fed, just a Midwestern just red, white, and blue. Yep. Red, white, and blue all the way through. Possibly German. If there's flaws, you'll know it right away. <laughs> exactly. Maybe Italian, you know, <laughs> I mean, Pilsner. <laughs> um, all right, Ryan, thank you for coming on the show. Not a problem. We are very excited to, uh, to get into some of these beers. Um, excited to talk about the brewery too, as yeah. it was. I guess as we started becoming the craft beer podcast that we are today, yeah, Warwick Farms has been one of the one of the breweries that we frequent. Yeah, so. yeah, man. We uh, 
we're big fans of, of the work that you do. Uh, you know, we, I think it was kind of just like, it was Instagram. Like I didn't know that you guys really existed until I saw some of our friends posting on the gram. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. posting some, you know, what got caught me was the juicy pills. So I was oh like, yeah. Oh man. That, uh, just calls to me. And, uh, and Dan and I are big fans of the single, single hot variety IPAs and your, your sensation series just called to us. Nice. So yeah. Huge fans. Yeah. Um, awesome. I like it. We'll be fanning out throughout this oh, entire yeah. episode. Oh yeah. As we do. Let's not go too strong. And right. <laughs> we love you, Ryan. All right. So, <laughs> Uh, before we get into everything, we got to do the same thing we do every episode guys. subscribe, rate, review, uh, subscribe. That's just for you to get the alerts on when our episodes are dropping rate our, our podcast. Uh, what do you say? How many stars, Dan? It's a five-star party. guys. Yeah. Five-star party. Um, let's give it five stars all around, uh, reviews, be creative. You know, you really want to lambast us. Yeah. Go for it. That's where that's hilarious. Give me something that I'm going to text Tom about the next day and be like, yo, did you see that? Yeah. We really need something nice. Uh, not, I mean, nice and, and horrible at the same time. Um, but leave it at five stars. Yeah. Leave it at five star though. Leave it at five star, but give us a scathing review. Do Uh, it. All right. So we are going to, we're going to crack into, uh, we have two of Ryan's beers, uh, that we're going to drink the, for this episode. Um, so we're going to crack into our first one. Uh, Dan, you want to grab that while I talk about the awful, awful place that is untapped. Uh, oh. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. So untapped. Uh, if you've listened to our, our podcast before, uh, you've heard my thoughts about this, this app. Uh, it's a great app for keeping track of the beers that you've been drinking. It's an awful app. If you want to, uh, type anything into a comment section, uh, it's a cesspool of people who have no idea what they're talking about, uh, and are really just a, a a dark spot on the, the whole craft beer community. I gave Tom's presidential campaign 2.5 out of five. Yeah. But then again, you're also not a fan of presidential campaigns. Yeah. I'm not, not a fan. Yeah. Or stouts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like stouts. So this is the best stout I've ever had, but I don't like stouts. 0.25. Oh God. Yeah. There's that. (laughs) But Ryan, you don't really have to worry about that. Cause I mean, your beers are all pretty highly rated in the grand scheme of things. Oh, God damn. Oh, pineapple invader, new, new, new kid on the block. Yeah. Look at that one. We'll Uh, talk about that in just a second. So we are going to be drinking, uh, pineapple invaders by Warwick farm brewing. I love this name. I love the can art too. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, (laughs) we have an awesome can artist. He does, uh, he's like a neighbor of ours and he's like a great friend of ours. Um, but you know, he's, he's working all the time because we want to keep cranking out these new beers, but, uh, we're just starting to you know, come around to some of the older ones, but we had a huge wave of new beers we wanted, we wanted to get to, and this was one of them. So, um, I was really excited about using brew one. I've never used it before. And, uh, Timmy, who's the other guy that's in this with me, he was like, this beer better taste like pineapple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think we did a good job. Um, we were going for, um, of course the pineapple flavor, but, uh, Citra and brew one are a great combo. I'm really happy with how it came out. Awesome. I feel like people who are naming hops anymore are just not original. They're just like, what are we going to call this? I, I, I brew brew one. 
Yeah. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> Don't spell it like normal brew. Just like it's B-R-U. All right. Dash one. It'd be cool. Don't be too obvious. Yeah. We'll give yeah. it a SoundCloud I, rapper name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like I said, I've never used it before and I was, um, it easily has become one of my favorite hops now. Um, I don't so think we're actually going to do, um, a, a future beer with Citra brew one and Sabro. So those are our Ooh. three favorite hops right now. Ooh. All right, Dan, you want to tell us about this beer? Yeah. So, uh, I know he's actually given us probably the, some of the best description of it, but I'll use the untapped one right here. Our double IPA base recipe that utilizes, like he said, Citra and brew one expect intense pineapple, orange zest, passion fruit, and tropical flavors and aromas. Oats were used in the mash to create a large mouthfeel. 8.5% alcohol by volume, a average rating on untapped of 4.15. Look hey. at that. Hey. Wow. I haven't checked that yet. I'm glad. Oh, hype beer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any, any double IPA that. All right, Treehouse. Yeah. <laughs> any, uh, any double IPA, I feel like that, uh, that says it's going to be pineapple in it is like, that's immediately a hype beer and epic can art too. Yeah. Like can art's always a plus. Right. All right. Let's yeah. crack into these let's things. Do it. Yep. I'm ready for the pineapple. All Cheers right. guys. Three, two, one. There we go. That was a great snap. Thank you. Yeah. We have a lot of practice. <laughs> this is 41 episodes. Yep. <laughs> oh man. All right. Yeah. So also on, um, <clears throat> we don't, um, use lactose in our IPAs. So uh, a lot of the mouthfeel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of the mouthfeel you're going to get is it's all natural. So, um, we really strive to create mouthfeel without using, um, lactose. So oats is a big, uh, is a good proponent for that. Does create that really full mouthfeel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oats and then our yeast selection. Um, but what, what we found is we get like that pineapple juice, um, like cocktail stuff that you miss with that you mix. Um, so, um, yeah, we're really, really happy with how it came out. Yeah. I'm excited for this here. Cheers, sir. Cheers. Slancha. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, Ryan. Wow. So we didn't, yeah, we, we, we didn't do a double dry hop on this one, but, um, we're, we, di- we did a pretty heavy whirlpool hop, um, a pretty heavy dry hop. And, uh, that's how we do our base IPAs and our base double IPAs. Man, so. This is, uh, this is crazy. Yeah. It's got a, it, when you said you don't use lactose, which is like kind of why I liked the, uh, like the sensations and everything, Um, Mm -hmm. because they just had such a clean kind of taste to them. And they were like, they had the mouthfeel, but they didn't feel as heavy as like a lactose IPA. Yeah. Go ahead. And this right here, it it, it has that similar kind of. Oh yeah. My immediate thought was like, this has a creamy, a certain creaminess in the mouthfeel that it, it it tastes like you have that lactose in there, but like the mouthfeel. Oh yeah, definitely. It definitely has that. Say mouthfeel again. Yeah. has that mouth, that toasty mouthfeel. I love when you say mouthfeel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, it's something that we're really passionate about and uh, it's actually funny. We made a mistake in the brew house and that's how we figured out how to get that huge mouthfeel. Um, so, <laughs> Without lactose, you're like, yes, we did it guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't going to use lactose, you know, you know, no matter what, but um, we want our double IPAs to be, 
um, drinkable, like a six and a half, if that makes sense. And then our like six and a half IPAs to like have the flavor of a double IPA. Um, you know, we want, we want a very drinkable beer. So. I mean, you're definitely achieving that. Uh, so for, for this beer, um, aroma is straight up pineapple Mm -hmm. right on the nose. Um, big pineapple flavor, uh, right up front. Um, like you said, we said it has a, a very soft, um, really soft pillowy mouthfeel. Um, mm-hmm. there's a bitterness of the citrus just, just coming through. Yeah, it's too, just a so very nice. subtle bitterness, um, like which is it. really nice. I think it plays really well with the flavors that are, that we're getting. Yeah. This is my <laughs> first, uh, brew one mm-hmm. IPA too, or brew one beer for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, the, from what I've been reading, the brew one is a good blending hop. You know, you need something like Citra to dominate and then you need to use brew one to kind of supplement it. So Citra for like uh, the bittering Citra, just, uh, it, it's mostly the aroma and like the, uh, the dry hop. Yeah. The, uh, Citra is a good hop to like, you know, say you use 50% of it and then you use 50% something else. It can kind of give you a good idea of, uh, you know, what the other hop is about. So um, you have, you have those hops that are like the Michael Jordan, you have the, you have the Citra, the galaxy, the Centennial, the mosaic or the Simcoe yeah. even. Are you about to call brew one the Scotty Pippen? Yeah. Well, you have like the brew one, uh, you have like the, uh, the, uh, Vic secret, the Sabro Sabro. Yeah. Like, uh, any of those are like the Scotty Pippen there. You know, you always need that. Vic secret already sounds like he plays in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, Vic, 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 Vic yeah. secrets with the, with the jazz. Vic secret sounds like one of those crusty white dudes that played in like the eighties. <laughs> yeah. See, I like Vic secret a lot better than galaxy. I'm, I'm not a galaxy fan. So, well, is that, is that from taste or is that from uh, the dent that it puts in your, your brewery's uh, pockets? Oh, uh, it's mostly the, the flavor. We got some weird galaxy this year and I'm hoping that the 2020 crop is a little better. Um, but I think galaxy is a good blending hop. Like I think if you do like citra galaxy, it's good. I think if it dominates a beer, it gets a little weird. So yeah, I've had that combo before citra and galaxy. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah. Like galaxy solo is got a distinct dankness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've had some, and it's just my experience in the brew house, but I've had some all galaxy beers that have been phenomenal. So. Dan, what, what do you, uh, what's your, your, what's your breakdown of this beer? Breakdown of this beer. So obviously like right on the nose, as soon as you go for the sip, it's just all pineapple, like right on the nose with that. Um, first sip I'm getting like, I'm getting a lot of citra at the beginning of it, just with the pineapple and like that, kind of citrusy orange zest kind of mixed in there. The finish is nice with the oats. Like after I take a sip and I kind of sit here and we've been kind of talking, like I got this like really nice, like earthy oat kind of like residue left on my palate that I kind of enjoy with it. Like it's not too much of like the pineapple leftover. It's just like really nice, like, like a nice solid, like the backbone of the beer just Mm -hmm. left on that. Yeah. I mean, it's the, uh, the bitterness is just, I feel like it's like the perfect level of bitterness for this. This is like a, a nice, like after dinner beer. Yeah. Super mellow, uh, good flavors. Um, and at 8.5%, this is like after I have my like kick around beers where I like have like three or four of them. And then like, you know, kid goes to bed and it's just me and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to crack a nice beer. 
This yeah. is where I, this is where I get the eight point five out. <laughs> yeah, we we actually let our um our IPA so the bitterness you know you don't get that graininess or that hot burn. We let them sit for an extra week. Um, so you guys don't have to worry about, you know, you guys scratching your throats or anything. So, uh, so they're, yeah, they're not as green. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's we're we're really worried about that. So we, we do let them sit for an extra week. So, uh, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta talk about the, uh, I gotta talk about the head. Yeah. You know, yeah. The head this, this has been my thing lately. <laughs> uh, it's got crazy head retention. Um, yeah. Really nice head retention. Uh, it's got what you want in, you know, what you're looking for in a quality beer is that Rocky head, um, different size bubbles, different size bubbles. Yeah. yeah just get, go on Tom. But this is what, I mean, it, this is, I, the head retention is like blowing me away. Like how, how nice has it just been sitting here? Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I've been, I've been actually looking at it. It looks so nice. It's been like, <laughs> there's a degree of frothiness to it. Right. I there. need to take a picture of this <laughs> so I can get a bunch of likes on the groom. There you go. Yeah. Make sure you use a portrait mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, that has to do with our process and how, you know, we, how we do it in the brew house, but that's, uh, it's the first thing that you do is you see the beer. So it has to be appealing, you know, and then the next thing is smell and then taste. And, you know, typically what you smell is what you taste. So, um, but you know, it's, it's important to us that we have a good, um, looking beer. Yeah. I've, um, uh, <clears throat> I've been going through like studying up for the, uh, the, uh, beer judge certification program. And it's kind of mm -hmm. like, it's kind of open up. We have been studying. Up. Have you been studying? Oh yeah. You, you've been checking out the st the style guide. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. All right. Um, but it's kind of opened my eyes to like how important certain things, like how important the visual is of the beer, like how important that the head retention is on a beer. It, uh, it, I was actually just having this conversation with my wife, like how important mouthfeel is. She always makes fun of me because she can hear me while we're recording talk about mouthfeel. And I was like, it's, it's in the style guide. It's, this is part of judging is mouthfeel. It's a whole section. Say it again, Tom. Mouthfeel. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any sexy music on here to play. So. I know we should get some like, like sexy saxophone White. to play yeah. like a sexy saxophone right after you say mouthfeel. It's got an incredible <laughs> mouthfeel. <laughs> yeah, some, uh, some, was that wham or is it George Michael by itself? I think it was wham. That's George wham. Michael. Oh, was is it George Michael? Uh, careless sure. whisper. Yeah, that I'm was pretty it. Sure it's George Michael. Careless whisper. I don't ever want to dance again. <laughs> All right, let's get a, let's get a, uh, let's get a strike here on, uh, on YouTube. Yeah, it's George Michael by himself. There you go. Uh, Let me talk right. about this. Let's talk about mouthfeel now. Mouthfeel. <laughs> it's the mouthfeel part of this podcast. Hillary Oates. This, let me talk about how soft this mouthfeel is. All right. <laughs> Just a cloud on my palate right now. Yeah. Um. So... Warwick Farm, uh, mm -hmm. you are a family owned, you're, you're brewing on a family owned farm. Like it's an actual, Dan, you, you have not been to the brewery yet. I right? have not. You have done I'm, all of the beer runs for, yeah, I'm for the, us. I'm the beer mule because I'm the only the one mule? that can make it out to, to Jameson. Uh, <clears> yeah, to he, get, go, he goes that way. I, I go the, I go other directions for the muling. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've been out to to your facility and it it literally is just it's a farm. 
with mm-hmm. I, the first time I, I pulled in, I was like, am I in the right place? Like, where is the, oh, I know. where's the brewing actually done? <laughs> and like, you have to have more than like, you know, five barrels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, so we, that when you pulled in, there's a big house that's on your right. And then, um, yeah. Oh, excuse me. Um, wow. The, you beat uh, Tom the to the first, that, ba- yeah. first burp on the podcast. Congratulations. Yep. Whoever, whoever, whoever took that on, uh, on DraftKings, uh, congratulations. You got a, a, a nice payout. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> The, um, the next building that you see on your right Mm -hmm. is it used to be a meat processing, uh, place. So there's like floor drains, the, um, there's a a refrigerator in there already. It's a pretty big spot. So we have a seven barrel brewery. We have, um, four 15 barrel fermenters, six, seven barrel fermenters. And then we added an additional four more 15 barrel fermenters actually, Um, so we have quite a bit of brewing capacity, but it was like literally like the perfect brewing space. Like the walls are white. So if there's any bacteria, you can see them, you know, see it. So, um, we're very fortunate that that property came on the market. Um, so yeah. And then where there's seven acres tillable of land and come the spring, there will be two acres worth of hops. And then the tasting room will be finished with our beer garden also. Yes. I, I, I have been, I've been noticing like every time I go there, they, you have, uh, all kinds of equipment out. And, uh, the last time I saw, you saw, Hey, I have the little sign when you, so to, to lay this out, when you go to Warwick farm, you pull in this gravel, uh, lot, you go in between a house and, uh, with a very big TV in the, in the living room. I was <laughs> see, the, you can see it from the drive. Oh yeah. I was just sitting there <laughs> watching like some kid's show, like while I was sitting there waiting for oh, my check it out. Blues clues. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you pull in and then you zigzag around some, some cones. Uh, and you know, the guys are out there under, under the, the Carmack and they, uh, you know, you get, you tell them your name and they grab your beer for you and you're on your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yep. you, you when I was sitting there waiting, you have that little sign like future future home of the tap room. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. So when uh, when is that project expected to be done? <clears throat> springtime. We're uh, very confident it'll be done in the springtime. It took us like two years just to get through land development. Um, and we finally got started like two weeks ago and you wouldn't believe how fast it's going up. It's it's crazy. Um so yeah, we have, uh, they're, they're working, you know, six days a week there. So, uh, we want to get it up and running. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be exciting. It is a, it's a, it's a place that it's going to be very nice to go and like sit and enjoy a beer. Cause if you look God, at, I hope we can do that soon. Oh yeah. That would be fantastic. Know, yeah. Uh, but if you, if you, where you're putting the tap room, I mean, if you look out over the lot where you come in to get your beer, it's like an unbelievable view. Yeah. Like you're overlooking this huge Valley. And, uh, from what I read on your website, uh, one of the oldest golf courses in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So we're right next to a a golf course in the Chamonix Valley. And, um, we're one of the highest points in Bucks County. So like we can see like Philadelphia at nighttime, pretty clear. Um, but like, it's beautiful right now with like the fall and everything. Um, and you know, when that, tasting room's done. It's just going to be awesome. We're, we're so excited. And the tasting room's going to be uh, a 5,500 square foot total, Ooh. you know, with a huge wraparound porch that you can hang out on. 
Um, so yeah, we're, we have some big plans coming up. So I don't, yeah, I don't know if you, Dan, I don't know if you saw the, uh, like the, the, uh, sketch for, of the, the tap room, but you're, you're definitely keeping with that, like farm aesthetic, like that farmhouse aesthetic. I I saw that. I was like, Oh, that's going to be really cool. Like that wraparound porch farmhouse style. Can I bring my own rocking chair to this porch? (laughs) Yes, sure. Go ahead. (laughs) Are you going to put the rocking chairs out like cracker barrel? (laughs) <laughs> that, so we don't know like actually so we're it's tbd so like we I'm want waiting for my table <laughs> Yeah, but like we want like so because the patio is so big like we're gonna put like a bar like where you can put your beer Like up against it. So I think we might do like bar stools there or like bar seats and then Um, who knows what we can do behind that we can fit like tables and stuff if we wanted to so It's very exciting Um, it's exciting to just see like breweries like doing stuff during this time. Yeah. Like big things like this just gives mm-hmm. us hope that like spring's going to be pretty yeah. cool. And it, it definitely gives us hope that some of the things that we've been hearing about the, the yeah. brewery industry uh, yeah. is, are not really going to come to fruition. Exactly. Like it just hold hope that like yeah. things are going to keep getting better. I don't know if you've come across this, but we've been hearing some murmurs that there's some, difficulties going on in, in the brewing community right now. Yeah, there, I know there's, um, there's some breweries that are really struggling right now, you know, it, it just, because of the, um, they don't have, you know, the only thing that you can really do right now is takeout options. And, um, you know, the breweries that aren't set up for that, they're just really struggling. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a- just unfortunate, but, um, you know, hopefully, you know, the capacity can at least get the 50% for the winter time and then spring, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So. Yeah. It's like a live by the can die by the can mentality with breweries right now. It's like, if you're not, if you're not canning, like what sells. Right. Yeah. And if you're one of those, uh, one of those facilities that's doing, you know, large batches of multiple beers, that's, I mean, that's gotta be tough right now. Yeah. You know, to have, a bunch of beers just sitting in fridges all for weeks. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're very fortunate where we're at right now. You know, we're, it's, it's, we're lucky that uh, we got held up for two years with the tasting room, honestly. Um, Cause you know, now we got this takeout thing. Uh, you know, we think we have a good grasp of it. Um, and you know, I can't imagine having a 5,500 square foot tasting room employing people and, you know, having, you know, possibly having to lay them off and stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's, I think, I feel like that's a, uh, that's a part of the, uh, like the brewing industry that people don't get is that like, there's a lot of employees, the service industry part. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not just, Oh, a guy's going and making beer because he loves to make beer. It's like, no, he has, several employees that he has to worry about and, you know, keeping the lights on and, and the beer being brewed. And, you know, sometimes it comes to tough decisions where it's like, all right, well, you have no real choice, but to lay people off. And it's, you know, unfortunate. Yeah. And like hearing stories though, like of like Warwick, just making these, this giant tap room set for the spring. Like it keeps my hopes up that things are going to get better. So like, yeah, I have my thoughts on that whole situation, but it's, that's not what this podcast is about. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and that's why you're not president, Tom. 
<laughs> we're also, if this, if, uh, you know, if we're set up well for COVID, um, because we have a, a huge field that people can spread out on also. So, um, that's another thing that we're lucky to have. Yeah. And, uh, I was, I was actually thinking about your, you know, I was going over, you know, what to talk about on the episode tonight. And I was like, you know, what would be cool now? And, you know, I, I'm the, I'm the, uh, the resident idea man of, uh, of our podcast. Um, so I like to throw out some, some ideas here and there, uh, petting zoo, <laughs> petting zoo at the, I mean, how, how perfect would that be at the at Warwick farm? Yeah, petting zoo. I mean, there were a couple of uh, breweries doing like the yoga with goats. So they yeah. like bring in like the goats for everyone to pet and everything. Like I feel a petting zoo and beer kind of are just. Dude, if there was more. Be if, so happy. Everybody be yeah. so happy. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> if, if there was uh, more breweries with like kid friendly activities. Oh, totally. It would make it so much easier to go out and drink. Dude, a petting zoo is not even just kid friendly. Oh, no. I could hang out on a bench and drink a beer with a goat for like easily four to six hours. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, we don't allow dogs there. So I think if we had a a petting zoo, we would have a lot of people a little upset with us. Well, you guys can't allow dogs, but I could sit here and chill with a goat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Dude, I'd leave my dog at home to chill with a goat. And then you could, be, then you could just say like, uh, do you like the lactose in your, yeah. in your beer? Because that's where it comes from. <laughs> I would come home. My dog would be like, did you have fun hanging out with that goat at that, at that brewery that doesn't allow me? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll think about it. How about that? There you go. <laughs> There you go. I, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I won't take too much, too much in royalties. Uh, when that, when that comes to fruition, um, we'll give you a cut. Yeah. I'll, I'll have my people talk to your people. <laughs> Farmer Tom's petting zoo. There it is. There you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll dress the part too. Yeah. Overalls. Yep. No shirt underneath. Uh, yeah, no shirt. But do I go, do I go like backstreet boys overalls? Like the Tommy Hill figure? No, I feel like you have to go like deliverance. Oh, maybe. Oh, Oh, that's scary. <laughs> I don't know if I like it. And that. that's the last time the petting zoo was ever open. Yeah. I'm just over in the field, Stay like spinning around yeah. in Leatherface with a chainsaw, just like, it's the best place ever. <laughs> For five bucks, you can pet the goat. For 20 bucks, you All right. Well. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Farmer Tom, what are you doing? Uh, Farmer man. Tom can't be allowed near elementary schools. <laughs> um, all right. So back to this beer. So we like to, um, we like to let, you know, we like to talk about the beer fresh out of the can. Then we like to let it mellow a little bit. Um, Dan, what do we like to call it? Uh, our beer journey. Oh, our beer journey. Beer yeah. That's journey. my only pretentious part of this podcast. I'll let Tom handle the rest of it. Wow. Okay. Okay, oh, Dan. Okay. Dan, Tom. Okay. Um, so as it mellowed out, um, I mean, it really is, we've talked about it plenty of times on the podcast that a beer completely changes, you know, you get it fresh out of the fridge, crack it open, take a sip. It's going to taste completely different than, you know, after 10, 15 minutes of sitting there, getting down a little bit more closer to room temp, those flavors are going to change. Um, so for me, after it's been sitting for a little bit. It's got a little bit softer. Oh, definitely. Which I appreciate because 
sometimes with double IPAs, as they, as they mellow out, they get a little sharper. Um, as you get that, like, you know, that like hop bite, um, I, I feel like that comes through a lot at room temperature. Yeah. And this is, it's staying that really same, that soft, uh, mellow, slight bitterness to it. Um, the pineapple is still there. Um, to me, I mean, I, I, I feel like this is great because it's been very enjoyable all the way through. Yeah. Beginning to end. It's, mm-hmm. it's been great. Uh, I agree. It has gotten softer, which is nice. Um, the oats have really like come out in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the beer. Yeah. And I mean, this beer just, I guess it must, must be the pineapple, but it, it's making me want to go back to like, a a nice 70 degree evening, like, you know, night at the end of the summer, just having like a nice, like pineapple double IPA on the back porch or something like that. Definitely like something that makes me just like miss summer now. And I'm just like, Oh, we're going into like, it's like 30 degrees right now. I had to wear, I had to wear like so layers on the way here. <laughs> yeah. This is not a, not a, uh, not a, not a beer for a, uh, a 30 degree day with, 450 mile per hour winds. Oh, I know my face is so chapped. I can't smile. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was funny. I actually took that to a wedding this past weekend and they were just, they, they were just loving and they couldn't believe how clean, you know, how they couldn't believe it was eight and a half percent. That was the, uh, (laughs) that is another thing I can't believe about it because I've just been like drinking it and I'm like, this is so easy to drink. Yeah. That's it's dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. That's, that's what we want. That's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> I was going to say, you guys have other like high, like ABV beers that clearly taste high ABV. Like the, um, the, like I the guess, double sensations. No, I was going to say the, um, the Citra versus, was it the Simcoe versus the uh, super series? Yeah. The super series. Uh, was it, um, super Simcoe Sim- versus mosaic? Yeah. Simcoe versus mosaic. That beer. I was like, this is a boozy treat right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one dried out quite a bit. Um, we made a we made a yeast switch like right after that, and the, the previous yeast, if if it was a higher ABV, you definitely tasted it. Um, yeah, this one was I think ten percent. I had the super Simcoe super mosaic. It was like yeah, I think ten point one or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, like so, we're doing um, our first triple IPA coming up, and so we're we're hopeful that doesn't come out too boozy. You know, we want that to taste, you know, as smooth as we possibly can. So, um, you we're excited to see how that comes out, but we, uh, like the super series, like if they, it was above like eight and a half, 8.8, you knew it was above that. Yeah, <laughs> so. you, yeah, exactly. I didn't see the ABV when I got it. I just, I poured it out, went to drink it. And I was like, Oh, I got to turn this can over. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, so another thing that I've been learning as, as I've been, uh, I've been like head forward on my, uh, on my Ooh. beer judge journey, um, solid lacing on this one. Yeah. You know, it, it's got a really nice lace to it on, a, you know, as I'm, as I'm motoring through this thing, um, yeah. <laughs> which is, I, I, I've learned, uh, lacing is a, as another, it's a good sign. Yeah. It's a, it's a sign of a good quality beer yeah i'm loving how the head just stayed all the way down through your you know yeah. you can still see it on yours it's it's <laughs> um it's just 
we're, we want to make it as well made as we can. <laughs> so, yeah, this this was a well made beer. This was this was great. I mean, I've this was a my first, I guess, deviation from like your standard series, like your sensations and your supers and everything. And I I enjoy it. And you said this is a new. This is kind of a new recipe for you guys. Yeah, it's a new hop combo. We uh, we typically keep the same double IPA and hazy IPA recipe and switch up the hops a little bit. Um, so yeah, that was a new hop combo for us, um, and we're and we're happy with how it came out. So, yep, cool. So <clears throat> you you mentioned earlier uh, that you were going to be uh, growing hops this uh, upcoming summer. Um, so mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be trying to do more of a, uh, farm to tap style. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what, um, what went into the decision to, to start growing hops and, uh, do you have an idea of like what, what hop strains you're going to do? Yeah. So we like, it, it all started with like the business plan, you know, when we first got going. So we wanted to, um, we wanted to set ourselves apart. And I think being on a farm, you know, that, that does that. Um, and we wanted to grow our own hops just to, just to show people, you know, how the process goes, you know, how the hops grow, they can watch them grow all year. And then, uh, we're going to have, um, picking of the hops. We're going to call it, you know, come fall. So we're going to invite people. If they help, they can come take down the hops and then they'll get compensated with that beer in four packs. Um, so it's just, um, it's, we want to like educate people, you know, how, how this beer thing is actually, you know, how it works. And so we're going to be growing all American varietals. So we'll have, you know, Citra or not Citra. Geez, I wish we could get Citra. Um, Chinook, uh, Columbus, Nugget, um, you know, Hops Cascade. We'll have Cascade, Comet. Um, and then we're going to do a wet hop beer with all of them. So nice. Cool, very cool. Uh, were those hops, I guess, we're calling back to our episode where we had a hop farm on, uh, were they chosen based on like the climate here? Yeah. Yeah. So, and so we've been growing at my dad's house for three years now. So we know which hops grow well in, you know, the Bucks County climate. Uh, so like Chinook grows great. Same with Cascade, uh, Nugget does well. So we're going to go heavy on those guys. Is that because so. of the moisture and everything, I guess in, in this area? Yeah. Yeah. Just the weather, you know, some like you don't want to grow like an Australian hop in, you know, it gets a little colder here, you know, compared to, you know, what they're, what the hops are used to over there. Um, you know, and then like the English hops, they're, they're more used to colder weather. So you don't, it, it might be too warm for them here. So, yeah, we heard this when we had uh fawn Hill hop yeah. yard in, um, in Reading, actually, okay. uh, Shillington, they, Actually, I believe the similar, uh, similar hops they were yeah. talking about. Cascade, Chinook, a lot of those like their big crop. the Pacific Northwest hops because of the uh, moisture and everything. And I guess like some of the mildew that happens when they're being grown. Gotcha. So, controlling that moisture. You can see some of their hops over my, over my shoulder here. Oh yeah. We still got some hops on go. the, uh, Oh, is that them? I see them there. Yeah. Right there. Big old bag. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not an ounce right there. That's hops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So if you if by the time that this uh podcast is released, if you can go out and get some pineapple invaders from Warwick Farm, uh, highly recommend. Yeah, definitely recommend. 
Um, I'm very curious as to uh, how your your wife is going to enjoy it. Because, I mean, this is like right up her alley. Oh, she's going to love this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be that's going to be on her grum. Oh, yeah. This is this is going on. This is going on her Insta, which she still has more followers than us. No big deal. MBD. <laughs> you, know, you know, and we we only have like a hundred times more uh, posts than her. Yeah, it's okay. You know, she got us. Not, a, she got us a couple of followers. Yeah, we're not salty. We're not salty. Um, Tom's not salty. He might be. <laughs> is that a, is that a kick in the gut for you? Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So we're gonna let this uh dissipate a little bit let this marinate a little bit yeah i'm gonna drink a little water here so how did the how did warwick farm really like how did it you get started like how did you decide you wanted to brew beer and you know did you did you say oh i want to brew beer and then this property came available and you went into that or was it vice versa so yeah so i uh so how i got into it i played professional baseball with the angels. Um, I was drafted by them back in 2014. So I played 2014, 2015, and then I got released. And the day I got released, my wife like looks at me and she's like, so what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> and so I said, uh, I want to own a craft brewery. And she thought I was crazy, of course. So, um, being that my childhood dream just got crushed. So, <laughs> so Tom and I just so, looked at each other and went, what? Yeah. So well, yeah, we didn't know about this. All right. Well, we're going to, we're, we're, we're going gonna, to nerd out a little bit. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to veer off course here. So, <laughs> so you played in the minors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you get released by the angels. Yeah. At, so at that point you're just like, well, now you're like, all right, well now I have to find something else to do. Or was it like, you know, you put some feelers out to other clubs to. I had like, yeah, I had like, like, I think I, I had 20 total clubs call me and see if I could come play for them. And I had like a bunch of tryouts lined up and I just didn't, just didn't go. Um, yeah. It, I just didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> that makes sense. So, so um, follow up question. You want to get in a beer league with us? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Softball or it could be either or we've, we it could be, anything. And I've we, done, I've done it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so for people who don't realize, uh, base being a, a minor league baseball player is fucking brutal because <clears> you, <laughs> I mean, you get, you get compensated. Like, uh, I think signing, bonus. well, you get your signing bonus. Yes. Which is, which that is helps. huge. Yeah. But other than that, you're making less money than like a Walmart greeter. Yeah. You're not making much. It's like, you're making like 25 to 30 G's a year. Someone? Yeah. It, it's crazy. Stupid money. Like yeah. bad money, uh, oh, for yeah. being a, professional baseball player. But I mean, the way you look at it is like an organization technically has like hundreds of players on the roster because yeah. it's, you know, there's, there's low a high a, uh, double a triple a. And then yeah. you have the guys that just play like the fall leagues and international yeah. leagues. It, it's crazy. Um, so I think it's like people here, Oh, I got drafted by uh, a, professional baseball team. They're like, Oh man, you're set. And it's like, no, 
<laughs> nope. Still a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was funny. My, my wife actually dragged me down after my first, I had a good first year. Um, and then the second year, my wife like dragged me to spring training. She's like, you have to do this or, you know, you're going to regret it. <laughs> and, uh, I went down, I was just like, so done with it, but, um, I'm glad I did it. Like I met so many great people. I traveled all over the United States and the angels are a great organization. They, uh, they were great to us, but, um, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough, man. <laughs> you know, like, cause you, cause you're at the ball field from, you know, you have to get there at 7am and you don't get out of there until 11, 1130. Ooh. Cause your game started at seven and then or like seven, seven thirty, And then you're not done until like, yeah, like 10, you got to shower, eat. Oh, so, man. yeah, I, I played, <laughs> I've played ball with a couple guys that have been drafted. Um, and nobody has had good stories. Wasn't uh fat? No. Oh no. He, no. No. He, didn't he like walk off the street tryout for like the pirates or something? No. Oh, no. he didn't. No. 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 It's a it's a different uh it's a different speed when you get to everybody throws ninety five. We'll just say yeah. when you get to the when you get to the minor leagues, it's yeah. Everyone, everybody's every everyone throws hard. The whole thing about the minors is like accuracy and developing secondary pitches. Yeah. Um, so what, what position did you play? So I, I went into college as a catcher, got moved to first third base oh, third. at, so I went to Louisville originally. So I went to, I, I went to third base and then I transferred to Liberty. Um, I'm a switch hitter. So Louisville stopped my switch hitting my sophomore year and I just couldn't do it. It's like impossible to do. So I transferred to Liberty, went back to switch hitting and then I played second base there. And then, um, Louisville stopped your switch hitting. Yes, it was crazy, dude. I, so I, I had a great freshman year. I started like 45 games and then the coaches were like, yeah, you need to not switch hit anymore. That's like, and that's like I, the Giants saying like, Hey, Barry Zito, you're uh your pitching techniques a little weird. Why don't we change this? Yeah. Your curveball breaks too much. Yeah. If you're Barry Zito. <laughs> your, yeah. Your curveball is too <laughs> unhittable. Uh, <laughs> they need to change this. <laughs> Yeah. So it just, it was, uh, I'm glad I, you know, transferred. So Liberty, uh, let me switch hit and, um, they put me at second base, which I never played before, you know, cause I'm six two, you know, two, uh, I was two twenty at the time. So they put me at second base and then I, uh, played there and then, um, the angels beefed me up and put me at first base. So. Which yeah. I mean, that probably should have been the first move was, Hey, you're a catcher. We're going to move you. First base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Third base was like, I, a, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The hot corner. Was a, yeah, a, I, you know, a, I, I had a, I, I was accurate, you know, I, I could play the infield. So, uh, yeah, but just, I could hit, that was it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's a, admit your, your, uh, your baseball series, uh, of beers, this summer makes a lot more sense now. I was thinking the same thing as he was saying. I was like, yeah, that right. does make so much sense. <laughs> so now. much more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have more baseball series coming out. Cause like there was, so there was walk off uh, frozen rope past time, and then we'll have a couple more coming out. So awesome. Well, wow, mm -hmm. uh, that was unexpected. 
Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah, we. Yeah, it was a professional baseball player. We were like, what? What? <laughs> Tom, what kind of background check did you do on this? <laughs> uh, there's no background check for Ryan because there he has no no uh, thumbprint on the internet at all, other than. Uh, oh well, it doesn't. It doesn't help that I was looking up his name spelled wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you, if, if you, yeah. There's if you saw <laughs> my name on Google or you know if you did Google, it would be all baseball. <laughs> so. Yeah. See, I was spelling your name wrong. Uh, so <laughs> that uh, I, I, that's bush league, that's bro. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> real bush league. Um. All right. So back to uh the the brewery like so what so all right so you got released by the angels um your you, your wife asked you you know what what the hell do you want to do now uh and you said you want to you want to do craft beer yeah so like how did yeah. you how did what made you come to that decision i have no clue honestly <laughs> like <I> just, <laughs> well i can remember uh so my roommate uh, Ryan Cordell, who played, he was with the White Sox. He was up in the bigs with the White Sox and the Mets for a little bit. He brought in some fat tire. And I remember tasting that. And I was like, this is so bitter. Like I couldn't believe how bitter fat tire was. And then that kind of, uh, sparked my interest when I was at Liberty. I like would get like mixed six packs at giant, um, you know, just get a bunch of different beers, try them. And I think that's where it really sparked. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where my interest sparked. And I, I think I like the, the artisanal side of it. You know, you could do many different things with many different styles and, and also the communal aspect, like it doesn't matter your background, but like, you know, we can sit down and have a conversation about a beer. So I think that really interests me also. Yeah, there's more to talk about, like with craft beer than just like grabbing that, you know, grabbing some of those like the big three, you know, you get a Miller Lite or something hanging out and you're like, you're not really talking about Miller Lite when you're drinking Miller Lite. You're usually barbecuing or you're talking about the game or you're at a game and, you know, yeah. craft beer has more to talk about. Yeah, craft beer, you're yeah. sitting down, you're like, oh, look, I got this one, you know, here, try this, you know. Very oh, communal, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, this one's with Citroen Brew One, try this. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah. Like, like you said, very communal as someone who's been yeah. near Liberty. I'm like, it makes sense that there was an increase in beer drinking when you're at Liberty. <laughs> Cause I've been, I've been to that area. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's, it was, I, I actually loved it there, but it, it's definitely, a, it's a different place. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so. it, it is. Uh, my friends, like they have a, one of those all season, like snowboard yeah. facilities there and there's oh, nothing right else to there. do there, but like leave to go to the next town and drink. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. All right, Dan, you want to get into uh you want to get into this Belgian? Yeah, this is a uh, this is a new one for the podcast. Yeah, we haven't had this uh, style. Yeah, well, so we, I mean, we didn't really our podcast didn't exist at this like this season last year. That's true. So we're getting into that like uh, beers that we haven't had on the podcast before. I know. I feel like every uh, we've been we've been racking them up. Yeah, we've been venturing out. All right, so <clears throat> like I mentioned before. Um, oh man, I didn't, eat, you know what I was, I was hating on untapped so much last, uh, in my last plug that I forgot to play my drops, Daniel. 
This is a this is a cardinal sin on the uh, on the podcast. All right. So as I had mentioned, Untapped, awful place, awful people. Good for uh, good for keeping track of your beers. Uh, you can follow us on Untapped and see what we've been drinking uh, and what we think about those. I mean, we haven't really been. Have we been keeping track of? We haven't really been rating beers. Anymore. We usually rate them after we yeah. get off the phone with our guests and we kind of talk about them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We've been throwing the ratings out there and what we feel are the beers. Yeah. We haven't been doing it on the show because you know, why not? Let's just talk about the beer. Right. Uh, but you can follow us on untapped at best, best friends pod. That's at best, best friends P O D. Yeah, Tom, I, I wanted to say something, but I, I just let it flow. Yeah. Like, why did you not use a POD drop before? I, it's it's very, I'm super, you know what? It's all because of that lost election. My mind isn't in the right place. Um, but Tom, you know what? you can't let this setback affect you. I, I can't. <laughs> but it, what really bothers me is that breweries will be able to brew smoothie sours for four more years. And it's just unacceptable. Unfathomable. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I have to be careful what I say with all that because, uh, you know, being a brewer. <laughs> all of the opinions voiced on this podcast are the opinions of the best best friends podcast in the world and do not reflect on Warwick Farm Brewing. <sighs> nice. Yeah, right. Uh, and I'll type that out later for our episode drop. <laughs> all right. And uh, so, like I said, uh, since you didn't get the first one, I'll give you another. You can follow us on Untapped at Best Best Friends Pod at Best Best Friends P O D. Oh, doubling up the P O D drops. I got to catch up. Yeah, you got to catch up, man. Yeah. All right. You familiar with P O D, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, they're uh I believe they're Christian, so yep. going to Liberty, I Yeah, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> All right, you beat me to it. <laughs> Damn it. You beat me to my joke. I was like, Well, you went to Liberty, you should know who POD was. The, yeah, the whole I, I heard a lot of them. The whole time you were saying you went to Liberty, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, is it Liberty or American that Jerry Falwell is uh it's like the leader of it's American. Well, he's it's American anymore. So <laughs> is it Liberty or was it American? I thought it was American, right? Nah, it's Liberty. Yeah, there was, was it Liberty. Oh. Yeah, his father, I forget when his father, there was Falwell Sr., I forget when he passed away, and then Junior took over, and he uh, he he recently had to leave there. So Yeah, he's in trouble. I couldn't tell you how hard it was for a group of snowboarders to find a good time in Liberty after we were done <laughs> riding. We were like, so, uh, where can we go to Berg? No. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, that was like the only college I was surprised that didn't have a stoner with like a uh, poncho on trying to sell stuff on the corner. <laughs> you never been to Villanova, huh? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> All right. All right. We digress. Yep. So we're going to be doing uh Leuven by Warwick Farm Brewing. Surprise. It's Warwick Farm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Leuven by Warwick Farm Brewing is a Belgian double first for the podcast. Belgian double that has a high or has a unique and crisp finish. We decided to use a traditional Trappist yeast, obviously, which has a flavorful and unique flavor. So highly carbonated, uh, key, uh, key indicator for a Belgian double. So excited to try this out. Uh, 7.2% alcohol by volume, which is why I like my Belgian doubles. So it's not quite a triple, not too high. So just right, right in, in that sweet spot. Yep. It's the Goldilocks. It's the Goldilocks Belgian beer for me. So, yep. uh, yeah, uh, this has an average rating. Now this has a 4.09 untapped. Are you guys, do you guys, is this a, is this a beer you guys continuously do like seasonally? 
This is, we'll bring this back. Uh, this is our first time brewing it. And I wanted to put a Belgian double in cans for like ever, or like a Belgian beer in cans. I was going to say that too. Perfect beer. perfect beer and the perfect time to do it. So that's why, and the label is awesome. So that's I love, I love the, uh, the 1980s Phillies colors. i know it's leaning a little bit more brown but yeah it's like that just that blue highlight yeah yeah, just that little that little uh little zazz i was gonna make the comment that it is a belgian double in a can i don't think i've ever had a belgian beer in a can no i i think the only one i've had is delirium uh delirium delirium tremens i believe i think is the only one i don't Uh, think i've ever had a delirium beer in a can I, I saw it in like a four pack one time and I was like, I have to get this. So yeah, I'm excited um, to try this as a, uh, as a canned Belgian double. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did, uh, the traditional Trappist yeast and that's really what shines through in this beer. So perfect. I'm really excited for that. All right. Yeah. You can get this cracked in. All right. All right. We're going to crack this in one, two, three. I like that. We cascaded it a little bit. It was like crack, 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 crack. crack. Little echo. Ooh, there's that copper red. Yes. Yeah. All right. And we've got that high carbonation there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're we're doing a new Belgian series, a, a Trappist. Uh, series with those type of labels in there. So we have a Belgian triple that we just bottled. Um, that'll be out next week or the week after. Um, that'll be called Bruges. So, Daniel, cheers, Brian. Sorry, I started dipping into it a little <laughs> early. Yeah, so there's like a lot of dark fruit in there. Uh, the traditional Trappist, you know, yeast flavor. Um, we wanted it crisp, so it, it actually finished out really dry. So the sweetness that you guys get is is all from the yeast. Oh, that's nice. You know, you get that banana aroma that is common with Belgians right on the nose. Mm-hmm. Yep. The dried fruit. Yeah, yeah. Like dark fruit. Like you get some like plum. A little and, bit of like uh, raisin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the cherries a little bit. As you do. As you do. Very nice head on it. Very highly carbonated. Mm-hmm. As one would come to expect. Yes, exactly. Uh, with this beer too, um, I like the spice factor being low to moderate with this. Very clean tasting Belgian beer. Yeah, it can definitely... If you treat the beer... A certain way it can definitely become overpowering so we kind of dialed it back a little bit to you know so it's more approachable yeah belgian double is an easy drinker it's it's good like intro level belgian beer for kind of i guess maybe someone who's not into craft beer to maybe try one yeah a nice like rich sweet malty flavor yeah this uses uh a lot of traditional belgian malts so what uh what's the what's the malt build on this one? It's a lot of uh Belgian uh Pilsner, there's some Belgian candy uh 
uh, sugar. It's, it's beet sugar that they caramelize a little bit that's in there. And then a little bit of German roasted malt just to give that color. And, uh, we ferment it colder to keep those esters down. So, um, it, it takes a while. That's that, that beer took about five to six weeks to oh, get that yeah, cold. So, I guess that yeah. makes it kind of like a cleaner, like nicer kind of crisper finish to it. Yeah. That's what we found out. If you ferment those Belgians a little colder, you kind of subdue those, those esters. Um, and we learned that from Allagash, which is the, uh, the glass I'm currently enjoying my beer out of, um, their Allagash white, I think takes like four weeks, which is crazy. Uh, they ferment it really cold there. Um, which is crazy for like a highly produced, like a mass produced beer. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, it's crazy. Um, so we kind of, we, Allagash is one of our breweries that we, you know, strive to be like, and, uh, so that's where we kind of got that kind of trick from. So that's a good one to, to mimic yourself off of. Yeah. It's a good one to strive for. I gotta be honest. Um, like when you said we were having a Belgian beer on the podcast and a double IPA, I got a little worried. I'm like, <laughs> I saw, I saw you left the light on in your spare room when I pulled into the driveway. So I'm like, does he think I'm going to stand here? Like how big is it? And I was, you know, as you know, doing my research on the double and everything being like, okay, so this is like the, this is like the intro low ABV level before you're starting to get up towards like, it's like low to mid for it. So, and at 7.2%, you're kind of shooting the middle range for a double, which is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a triple that like that one that I was talking about, that's that clocked in at, uh, 11 and a half, I think. So yeah, this, this one's a little more, uh, sessionable, I guess. Sessionable. I would say like easier approachable for like people who aren't into Belgians, especially like people who don't know, like Belgians don't come in a can very often. So <laughs> no, yeah. even people that aren't into craft beer, like this is a good one to, to go off of because most people, when you tell them it's a craft beer, they're expecting that like bitterness, like hoppy f- profile. All about the malt with this one here. I'm enjoying it on my palate. It's funny because, uh, my, my wife's uncle is like the, uh, their, their house is like the party house, like every holiday <clears throat> and forever he was doing, I forget what beer. Honestly, I forget what beer he was. doing. Oh, he always did, uh, um, Allagash white on okay. a, on a, a six stool. Um, mm-hmm. so we kind of got him away from that and did, uh, which I mean, not anything wrong with it, but we, we go with, uh, I got him on the Sly Fox Royal vice. Oh, okay. It's a little bit more local. Love Sly Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Their yeah. Hellas is incredible. It, the the best in the Northeast. I had a couple of their uh, German beers over the weekend. Um, had my first Rausch beer, which was interesting. Um, kind of that smokehouse, like kind of taste to it was crazy. It was like a fest beer meets a, with like a little bit of smokiness to it. It was really an interesting beer. You know, uh, we brought that, we bring that up and uh, Ryan just brewed a Hellas and uh, I'm kind of, I'm kicking myself in the ass for, I, I was like what? going back and forth about get, picking a, a four pack up and I ended up not. And man, that was a mistake. Yeah. We, I, I think I only have like five cases of it left. We, uh, we put that up for sale this weekend and it like almost sold out. So, um, it's funny to see the trends with us. It's a little different. Like this, this Belgian beer went great. Um, 
but yeah, the Hellas like sold like hotcakes. It's such an approachable style. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to, it's great to hear that. Like it, it honestly warms my heart when I hear that like a, a lager sold really quick and it's not like, uh, everyone just grabbed the, the pineapple and the double IPA and left, you know, all the, the stout and the, the lager. Well, there's a significant population of like the people who enjoy lager still like yeah. oh, there, yeah. there are the hype people. It's like the younger generation who enjoys like the hype beers and everything, but you know, a good Hellas sells out everywhere it goes. Like to be honest, like almost everywhere I've seen, like their Hellas goes pretty quickly. I think yeah, it's like the other it, ones I, are. We always talk about this at the brewery. It's like, uh, it's kind of backwards. Like if you make a good hazy IPA, you, you like can trust the brewery that they'll make a good like lager quote unquote, when it should be the other way around. <laughs> yeah. It's, but so I think we have a good trust with our customers that if we brew a, you know, a good hazy IPA that they can try our Hellas or our juicy pills or our regular Pilsner. And they typically do enjoy those beers more, which is great to see. Um, you know, there's more to craft beer than just hazy IPAs, <laughs> which we we have strived for many episodes. I'd say that's so, like our mission. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's great to see breweries like Warwick do the variety right. like you guys do. Belgian at Can was like, I was so hyped on this. We we've talked ad nauseum uh, about you know, there's nothing wrong with the, the hazy IPA style. Oh, it's yeah. it's just, fan. it's like the following that it gets. It's like where, when people are like, it's hazy IPAs or nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've talked about, you know, breweries that strictly brew hazy IPAs and that's it. You have eight taps and six of them are hazy IPAs. It's just, I'm going to make uh, Yeah. Gonna- and like, what's the difference between a Bud Light drinker and a, uh, you know, fanboy hazy IPA drinker, you know, they're stuck on one beer, uh, one style off of it. Right. I mean, I, con- <laughs> I mean, that would, and I'll, we are, you know, hazy IPAs is something we're known for. And, you know, we, but that's something that we see in the market. You know, you don't have to be just a hazy IPA, fan just because it gets the high on tap ratings. Right. And you know, if anyone asked me, you know, like how's, uh, what's, uh, Warwick like it, my inclination wouldn't be to say they're, Oh, they're, they do really good hazy IPAs. It's like, they have something for everyone. Yeah. There you, you have such a variety and that's something that I really appreciate is that to be able to show, you know, uh, the variations that you can do. That's, that's really what, you know, shows a good brewer to me is that you can do multiple styles and you can do them well. Um, I don't think, I, I don't think I've had other than like the sensation series and now the pineapple, I haven't had too many hazy IPAs from you. Yeah. I'd say yeah, that's about all we go for us, uh, you know, which is to be expected. That's kind of, we sell a ton of them, but uh, it, it's, we're, I would say the market knows us for our hazy IPAs, number one, and then our loggers, number two, like our, like our Pilsner specifically. And then probably our, uh, like the pastry style style after that, which, um, we just got into. So, um, Oh yeah. You guys just did the peanut butter cup one, right? Yeah. That one goes like, is that considered a pastry stout? 
I don't know. The way that I brew it, I would, it, there's so much sugar in there. (laughs) I would, it, that's what we call it an imperial stout, but like we, we use like all natural peanuts. We don't use any flavoring in that. So I, you know, I don't know. I guess an imperial stout. So much sugar. I just <laughs> call it a Wilford Brimley stout. <laughs> yeah. The Liberty Mutual or not, yeah. li- not Liberty Mutual. What is it? Uh, Liberty Medical. Liberty, Liberty <laughs> Medical. There it is. Um, I feel like the, um, the hazy IPA like craze and everything and like hazies themselves. It's starting to die out. Yeah. I, I made this comparison the other day in my head and I thought I would present this to, um, to the, uh, to the podcast to see if uh, this comparison makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like hazy IPAs are kind of like Post Malone. <laughs> um, Post Malone, incredible musician. Yeah. Incredible musician. Great talent. Great talent. His fan base fucking sucks. Oh, yeah. So I feel like hazy IPAs are like that. There are hazy IPAs that are good, but there are people who use them for the wrong purposes. So it's a, that's a very good comparison. Okay. I, I would, I would, yeah, I would agree with that. I would feel like that. Like every time I enjoy a hazy, I'm like, man, I am really enjoying this beer, but there's like that certain amount of guilt that I get when I enjoy a post Malone song. Yeah. It, my problem with it, with hazy IPAs is it's very, and, and you know, please correct me if I'm, if you feel like I'm wrong on this assessment, but it's very easy to make a hazy IPA in the sense that like you have a lot of ways that you can hide imperfections. Um, sorry. It's easy to make a good hazy IPA because it's, you know, you get your, your base and then you just add different hop varieties to it. There's a, like an artisan experimentation to it. Am I, am I wrong on that? Ryan? Yeah, I you're I'm not going to argue with you. We'll put it that way. Okay. <laughs> so, it, it and it's not saying that it's it's necessarily easy in the sense that like Dan and I could go out and make a, a hazy IPA that's really good. It, it's it, it's easy yeah. in the sense of like I say I I and I I talked to this about uh, about this with the last brewer that we talked to. Um my uh my the way I would rate a uh, the competency of a brewery is their loggerings. You know, how, yeah. how, if if they can make a good logger, I would say also variety is a good. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, variety is a good bar, but loggering, I think, is probably some of the most difficult beers to make. But that might be also like the bankroll there too. Like you have a good loggering process, you got the equipment for it. Some breweries are just startups. Yeah, but money money isn't going to buy like the actual yeah. brewing of it because you can't really hide too much in lagers. If you're just talking brewery specific, like, yeah, like if lagering, like if there's a good lager, you know that brewery makes good beer. Like that brewer knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, like some breweries are like just so tied with, you know, the space that they have and they have to rush out a lager, you know, where... We have, you know, we have more space, which we're lucky about. So we can let the beer hang out for a little longer. Some, some breweries might not have that, you know, luxury and the hazy IPAs. I think like every, from what I've tasted, cause I've tasted like Monkish Treehouse, Trillium, Answer, you know, all those guys. I, I think that they have a equilibrium. I think they all have a specific taste. Like 
if you give me a treehouse beer right. and a trillion beer, like I'm going to be able to know which one is which. I don't know what hops that they use, but I'm going to be able to different. You know, it's also their grain too, right? Like the grain bill, and right? It, it goes grain, back. It goes yeast. back to their to their base. Yeah, you know, base. you you build your your IPA base, and then you just experiment from there. Yeah, mm-hmm. do do different hop varieties. Yeah, like a treehouse, I can do double blind probably, and just be like, I, I think this is a treehouse, and I would probably be pretty correct i'd say right. probably 75 to 80 percent of the time and treehouse does amazing ipas and you know it, it's i'm not saying that make like just because ipas are easy to make doesn't make that uh, mean that they're a bad brewery it's just it's just when you do strictly ipas it's just it's telling of one you're just you're, you're dealing to the else. market yeah um and Two, you know, maybe you don't have the background to really get out and do a wide variety of beers. Yeah, because we've talked to some breweries that just don't have the equipment to lager. Yeah. Like, so they're just yeah. doing with what they have. Which I can respect if you're... And they're still doing variety, which is nice. Right. Like, we've talked to Odd Logic, and exactly. he, he said yeah. he just doesn't he doesn't have the capital to get a lagering system or the space to do a lagering system, which is yeah. fine. But he's also doing different kinds of stuff. He's Great doing like cream ales, cream ales. He's doing rise. Like it, it's, he's yeah, doing he's, different stuff to show that he's doing, you know, he has the ability to venture out. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, I, I love those guys over there. They're, they're awesome dudes. And he's, you know, with the equipment he has, he's doing a great job at, you know, you know, doing Imperial stouts and saisons and, you know, cream ales, like you said, doing different, varieties um so like you know we have four fermenters that are just dedicated to lagers you know and that's you know we're lucky to have that you know and it's it's just something that we've decided upon and because i think it's important to have that variety like you guys are talking about right now so um so i did i before i forget about it again i i want to bring something up dan okay you uh you messaged me, I think it was yesterday. Either yesterday or Saturday. I know what you're going to talk about. Go ahead. And you, you told me that you, you went to Sly Fox. I did. And, uh, and you had their dunkle and you were gushing about how great it is. It is a beautiful lager. And it just, it brought a tear to my eye. I was like, I felt like I was a native American looking at somebody throw trash garbage. On the highway. Yeah, trash on the highway. It just had that one one tear rolled down. I was like, he's embracing the dark. I have to say this. So I usually like my entire like beer drinking history usually goes like, you know, I've been an IPA fan since 2005, 2006. I've, I've been drinking IPA since I was in college because I was a whiskey guy. I like the bitterness. That's all. I, I, I enjoy that West coast. That's what I go for. Come the winter, I like those bourbon barrel aged stouts. I move, I, I I quickly just go over like the amber beers of the fall and just go right to stouts. This year, I decide, you know what, I'm gonna enjoy some Oktoberfests. We had um, we had the Mars in from Mars Stickman, in, yep. um, that went to GABF as well. So you know, there's a lot of hype around that. We were drinking a ton of that beer. Yeah, I mean, I was at least. I went through about. Um, I think I went through eight. I was going to say, I went through eight to, <laughs> I was like eight to 12 of those, uh, bad boys. <laughs> we had, we had our Barktoberfest last year or last week. Yeah. Last episode we did the Barktoberfest. I mean, we've been getting pretty heavy in the, uh, Marzins and I, I just, 
the malt backbone of those type of beers kind of really captivated me. And Dan, I was, Dan I was and, really Dan, Dan's embracing the malt and it's just, it makes me so happy. And to be honest, I was a little sad this week because like Oktoberfest kind of beers are kind of coming to the end. It's like the end of the run here for them. Yeah. And the, <laughs> you know what? That was, that was the text that got me when you told me that you were, you were so, you were sad that Mars and season was coming to an end. I was, to be honest, like it was a, just that multi caramel kind of like just of those types of beers just really, it I was said, so enjoyable. My hazy boy's becoming a multi boy. <laughs> hey man, this West, <laughs> this West coast IPA guy, this, I was an IPA start, guy, all IPAs. He's turning in, he's turning in his, uh, his salt life, uh, bumper sticker <laughs> and he's fully accepting the malt life. There you go. Malt life with a Y. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, um, um, I'm glad you like a dunkle. Dunkles are so underrated. Yeah. So I, I hope that they continue yeah. this dunkle year round because it had the, it had what I was looking for in an Oktoberfest, but with the drinkability of a Hellas. Yeah. Like, God, if yeah. you put a 360 pop top on that, game over, man. <laughs> game over, man. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're actually canning one uh, next week. And Tom, we, Tom, Tom, Tom. We've, it's been on tap for like our fall field days or whatever. And it's, people have been loving it. So, Tom. um, yeah, those, those multi beers, like those, those Oktoberfest, those dunkles come, you know, the fall people just love them. I'm sliding into Tom's Venmo right now. I'm like, <laughs> Did, yeah, no, anyway, so <laughs> I'll, I'll pull the cur- curtain back. Uh, so I've been communicating with Ryan back and forth on our Instagram. And, uh, at, when we first talked about doing the podcast, you said that you, you were going to have a dunkle coming mm-hmm. out for the, for the, you know, the week, uh, I got, I got so excited. I got the weirdest beer boner. I was like, I was like, yes, a dunkle. I was like, we're, we're shifting from Mars into dunkle and Das boner. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. And when you were like, oh yeah, we don't have the dunkle. I I did get a little, I was like, oh yeah. The little, the little bit of a gut punch. I was like, oh, I'm sending you up there with my Venmo. I'm like, dog. Go visit your client in Jameson and get me some beer. Yeah. Yeah. I got to make a, got to make a trip out to the, to the Northeast. Wink. Wink. Yeah. We'll, we'll be canning that next Tuesday. It just with the, with the canning schedule. Um, yeah. That, that beer is like one of our favorite and we have a, uh, one of Timmy's uncle, uh, is like an awesome dude and we call him Hunkle. Uh, so we named the beer Hunkle, Hunkle's Dunkle. So, oh, uh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. I'm sold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Dunkle Lager was basically what I was looking for to kind of get those late, I guess, like late fall, early winter, like, I guess, like lack of malt blues because like the Oktoberfest are all ending. They're like, yeah, we end by like Halloween, like <laughs> Oktoberfest is done. <laughs> you're starting, you're getting that like nice, like intermediary uh, period where like you're shifting from your, your hazy boys. into. I'm never shifting from my hazy boys. Like, well, so you're, let's but, set the record straight. I still drink my hazy oh, boys. I'm here. not saying that you're not going <laughs> to completely stop, but we're gearing more towards the, we're, we're it's, it's almost stout season. Yeah, it's almost there. It's almost, uh, it's almost bourbon barrel aged. I want to taste, I want to taste bourbon in every sip kind of season for me. So yeah. Yeah. Ryan, you guys going to do a, 
You guys going to do anything like an Imperial Russian at all? Uh, yeah. So we have, so we just did a rum stout that we released in bottles and that went, so we had 60 gallons in a rum barrel and that went, uh, in, you know, the past two weekends, but we have another rum stout that'll be coming out in like two or three weeks. But we have a Imperial stout that's a 10 and a half in, uh, Buffalo trace barrels that, uh, Yeah, we're hoping to have in bottles by, you know, Christmas time. But these barrels, they just were a little weaker. So we want to let them sit and get that full bourbon flavor in there. I think the the one so awkward getting a hard on in this room with Tom (laughs) next to me. It's it's the one downfall that I have for uh, for Warwick Farms is it. It's so it's so like difficult for me to get out there that like, I, I feel bad. Like I don't, I, I, I can't get in on like their bottle stuff. Cause you have like, you have that awesome. And I, I this is where I wanted to go with this. Uh, you have like the nightmare series. Yeah. Um, so like, tell us a little bit about like your whole bottling program. So we have, um, maybe like 12 to 15, uh, like whiskey to rum barrels. And so what it is, is the nightmare series is all barrel aged beer, you know, um, whether we just keep it in there clean or we add coffee beans to it. Um, we write on the side, you know, what it is, you know, so the one that got released this, you know, the past two weekends was in a rum barrel. Um, so the next one will be in a bourbon barrel, but like our next barrel project will be a Brett beer that was aged in uh wine barrels for six months. Um, we have a, um, plans to do a Saison in barrels with more Brett and, uh, raspberries and stuff. So, um, we want to get a big barrel program going and, you know, a lot of, you know, whiskey and bourbon and then more towards the sour stuff. Uh, you know, the lactobacillus and Britannomyces stuff. So oh, nice. So uh, like the naturally uh, souring kind of barrel aging. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to do kettle sour. That's something we're pretty uh, strict on, but like we recently did a Goza with the Philly sour yeast and that came out. Oh, nice. the uh, West Philly yeast. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We used it. It came out great. We were really happy with it. So we're going to do it again, but, uh, um, we're, we're, we want to go towards that, like the naturally sour, naturally sour. Yeah. We have uh, a friend who used the, uh, West Philly yeast. Yeah. We'll talk about him later in the episode. We'll talk about him later. Actually, we had a home brewer, um, who talked about it too, but, um, Levante did a really good job with their, uh, the West Philly yeast too. They did a sour ale with it and okay. yeah, they, um, I think they did it, I guess around the time that they started harvesting, I guess that yeast in West Philly. Okay. So it's been, it's been a sought after thing right now for uh PA breweries to get that South Philly yeast. And I am, I'm actually yeah. really upset that nobody has done a Will Smith inspired name for any of them. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> I feel like it just, it's, it's right there. It's just, yeah. it's there. Just do it. Just grab the low hanging fruit. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. We've had a, we had a home brewer friend that did, uh, an awesome Brett Saison. Yeah. We um, a couple of, uh, we had some good aged ones yeah, here. Wildflower 
sour. Yeah, was, it, did, what, was it a wildflower sour? Yeah, it was a, uh, it, I guess it was a, nat- like you said, this naturally soured, no fruit additives yeah. at all. He um, cultivated the yeast. From cultivated the-, the yeast from his buddy's backyard. <laughs> he just went out there, scraped some flowers and threw it in his barrel. <laughs> That's the way to do it, man. Like we're going to, we're going to do our first cool ship uh, in like two weeks. Um, you know, you guys know what a cool ship is, you know, with the. No, go ahead. Elaborate. So it's, it has to be done in the fall. So, um, what happens is, so we're going to brew a seven barrel batch. We're going to move it into a a big container. We're going to let it sit outside underneath a bunch of like, uh, we're going to put like planks up. And as the steam hits the wood, the bacteria from the wood falls down back down into the batch. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So then we're going to, we're going to transfer that batch into wooden barrels and then you know whatever happens in two years happens you know wow so um i love that type of brewing and that's like when we brought uh greg on to talk about like the yeast like how he was harvesting it that brewing just fascinates me yeah and i'm like i'm not a saison guy but those like those types of saisons i just i enjoy so much yeah yeah, it's and like I said, Allagash is a big inspiration to us. They have a like a cool ship program just dedicated to it. So we want to get cool. that going now because it does take like like some take like two to three years. So, uh, but we think it's well worth it. <laughs> so. Oh no, totally! Like, and you definitely have to market the work that goes behind that because I feel like the the craft beer drinker would appreciate just the backstory behind that and everything too. Yeah. Like just as you're talking about that, I'm like, that's so cool. I was like, I would, I would drink that in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Like Allagash has their own shack built out for it, which is pretty crazy. So hopefully, hopefully we can get there one day. (laughs) So it's crazy. Like, I wonder if like the wood plays a part too, like with the wood that you guys use the shack out of, like, is there a certain type of wood that you use that like drops the bacteria back down into the batch? Like, at like different yeah. tastes and things like that. Um, I like, we want to use something that's local. Like I know Allagash used the wood that was local to their property. Okay. So I think we're going to use something like we have a bunch of trees that we cut down so we can use the wood from there that we want to. Oh, so locally sourced kind of idea. So it's it. going to be all right there. Yeah. Um, we want to create the most local beer that we can, you know, like this is Warwick farms flavor, you know, our yeah. the yeast that we, used here. So that's, yeah, yeah that's cool. really cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So let's get back to this beer before we, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I've, I mean, I've been I, sitting on a Belgian is a beer that you can sit on and enjoy. Like, yeah, no, I haven't sat on it like yeah, a wine. Yeah. It's yeah. You can hang out with it. I have not hung out with it. I've just motored through it. You also live here. That's true. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. It's, um, man it, it just it just it tastes like a belgian like if you're like what does a belgian taste like it's this if i were to give somebody a belgian and like if they had the like there there's a sort uh like a like a certain i guess like um like people say belgian they're like oh i don't want anything too strong like when they say like hey we want a belgian like yeah there is a um 
I guess like a stigma with yeah. a, with oh, a Belgian yeah, for sure. I would definitely recommend like a double like this to be like, Hey, you know, they're like, Oh, I like the taste of a Belgian, but I don't want like a 12%. Like I'm not trying to stay here tonight right. kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it, it, this, this is like this, the flavor of this brings me back to like those, like those Christmases with Mary monks, you know, the Mary monk uh, Christmases, you know, oh, I love the Mary yeah. monk Christmases. It's got that banana pear raisin kind of flavor to it. Like you said, the dark fruits, like the, uh, like yeah. the dried fruits is I like to call it. Yeah. Kind of, it's just got like, that's like raisin for sure. Yeah. It's got that. It's just a Belgian flavor. It's it. It's hard to describe it in any other way besides just a Belgian flavor. Yeah, dude, it's so true. Like I have, I struggle like trying to describe a, a Belgian like double or triple. I I really do. So the best I can describe is like dark fruit. You know. Yeah, the dark fruit. And or- I, I like. I hate dude, banana. It's, it's not like raisin. It's not raisin, but it's like kind of raisiny. If that yeah. makes sense. It's almost like dates. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good assessment dates. Um, but like, I always get like that banana and I hate, I hate bananas, hate bananas. I hate banana flavor, banana flavored runs are the worst thing to happen to humanity, uh, before smoothie sours. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see your banana runs. I'm going to raise you cardamom. Oh, well, all right. Okay. Card, yeah. that, that's a whole that's a different story for a different day. I got him. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah, but th- th- it's an enjoyable banana flavor because it's mixed with you get like a nice little a little bit of that like caramel sweetness from the malt, um mixed with like a a dry cherry plum, yeah, the raisin, fruits, like yeah. a date flavor yeah. to it. Um I feel like it almost reminds me of like a, like a, what, like a flambéed banana, like a, like that roasty banana. Yeah. Um, it, like the roastiness of this beer, the style of beer, it kind of lends itself to mix well with that flavor. I feel like that's why it reminds me of a date. Um, like when you have a dry date, it's got like, it's got that taste. Who, who just eats dried dates? You've never had like a, no. Oh my God. I'm not 60 years old. Dude. Dates are awesome. Like don't, don't, I, I mean, I, when I was in college, I worked in produce. So like I, I had a time I, for, I eat my dates so I can be regular. <laughs> no, that's plums, man. Come on. <laughs> so, um, so like dates have like that raisin meets like almost like a caramel mapley kind of taste. And I feel like that's where the malt comes into play with this beer. So it's got those dark fruits, like the plum, the raisin, mm-hmm. but it's got that malt backbone that makes me think of like eating dates. Yeah. This yeah. Is- I think the, 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 the sugar that we use in there lends, lends itself to that kind of flavor that you were describing uh, in the end of the, we use that in the beginning of the boil and it kind of caramelizes a little bit. Yeah. So like, caramel that caramel flavor makes sense that you're picking up yeah i mean that's like a perfect description too it's like a a caramelized beer yeah it's like uh i don't know it's just like this a belgian is like that it it has that nostalgic feels for me it does too it's like that's it reminds me of when dan and i first started drinking craft beer you know the holidays yeah 
Dan, when Dan and I first started drinking craft beer, it was all about uh, darker beers, Rogue Dead Guy, uh, Dale's Ten Fifty, uh, Merry Monks, Iron uh, Iron Hills Triple. Yeah, their Belgian Triple was when it got to what, like January, like February, like winter, like you're about to go back to school. We're like, Hey, let's go to, let's go to Iron Hill quick. And we'll, the triples out. Let's go grab a glass of triple. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all, it's like super nostalgic. uh, Cause again, that's craft beer. You know, when Dan and I first got into craft beer, it was what? 2000, Let's see what it was. Jesus Christ. Five, six, six, I think you said, right. Well, I mean, we were, we were, uh, we're underage at that point, but uh, (laughs) Ryan's listening. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. 2005, 2006. Yeah. (laughs) We graduated high school in 2004. I know. And yeah, yeah, we got tired. We were already tired of light beer by then. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I mean, that was a thing back then was like, if if you're going to have craft beer, it was like a darker beer. It was like the winter beers. Yeah. You, you didn't have too many of like the, the hoppy beers. You had like the Sierra Nevadas. Um, yeah. To be honest, like this, this reminds, I think a good way to describe this is like a, like a, like you said before, a sessionable Belgian ale yeah. right here. Yeah. And I've been sitting on this for, for what, like half hour, 45 minutes, still carbonated. Yeah. St- still highly carbonated, mm-hmm. which is great too, because at, like it's still crisp on every sip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's we were very excited about this beer. <laughs> so <laughs> I was excited to like bring a different style here. And then like when you said we were doing a double, I like did a little like, yeah, went on their Instagram and I was like, holy shit, it's in a can. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were drinking like yeah, a 22 I, ounce bottle and splitting it. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even think about it until like it was brought up on this podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I've never had a Belgian in a can. I thought about it coming into this and I, I, you brought it up first. And I was like, all right, cool. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> I can hit the bathroom real quick, boys. That's fine. Yeah. Go we'll be right back. Yeah. Hit it. <laughs> let's talk about our, um, let's talk about our screens right now. Our screens. Because I see you have the BJCP yeah. up style guide as well. Yeah, later, man. Sir. We talked about it. Uh, so Dan and I, if you, if you haven't been paying attention to our, uh, our Instagram, we studying. Well, yeah, but we, you know, we're doing our, uh, Dan and I have been doing our weekly, uh, it's called, we're calling it, uh, tales from the, uh, the beer fridge tales from the beer fridge. So, uh, it's a nice way for us to get together during the week, uh, remotely, um, drink some beer. We, we have a surplus of beer right now. I feel bad that I keep bringing beer over here and you have no room for it. Yeah, I'm I'm bursting at the seams right now. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Never apologize for bringing beer over here. I have more beer coming. Yeah, and I I'll have talk to you about it later. Okay, I and I also have a very bad addiction to Tavor, which uh, Tavor you can you can uh, use our uh, promo code Best Best Friends Pod uh, to get ten dollars off your first. Is that you know, Best Best Friends Pod? That is Best Best Friends P O. D do it. That was good. That was good. All right. I was like, get on there. Get on there right now. <laughs> um yeah, we we have a we have a Tavor code. Thanks thanks to our 
marketing assistance junior intern Zeppi. Thank you, Zeppi. Uh, yeah, Tavor uh, promo code Best Best Friends Pod that will get you ten dollars off your first box of twenty five dollars or more. Hell yeah. Why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Yeah. I feel like taking advantage of my own promo code because I haven't used Tavor yet. I'm still like it's a slippery school. slope, Dan. I'm, I'm Pablo Escobar when it comes to like trading. Like today, like I met in a parking lot, like it was Craigslist <laughs> and like sold a stereo for some Dan, beer. Dan, it's a, it's a slippery slope. And um, yeah, I got some other beer coming. Ah, ooh, I'm excited. Um, So yeah, Tavor is like, a, it's an app that you can, you can go on. They put beer on there. Uh, it's it's nice for. And then Tom ties a tourniquet around his like forearm and then yeah. he injects himself with whatever order he puts into. Yep. yep. I put that app into a spoon. I light that spoon on fire. Heats it up. Yep. Um, no, it, it, it's it's a great source for um, the times, especially because um, for us, I mean, it's, it's hard to get beers outside of the southeastern Pennsylvania. Very true. Landscape. Um, so it's opened us up to like, you know, Great Notion and Drecker and all those hype beers, yeah, all, hype the, all beers. the hype beers, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of smoothie sours on there, which I really disagree with garbage. Yeah. I don't even know how they ship to be honest without exploding. Uh, yeah. No, it's, it, it's an explosive process. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome back, Ryan. Hey, I got to ask, what are you drinking over there? Uh, black lager. We have a, uh, black lager that I've been sitting on in my fr- refrigerator and I love it. So nice. Okay. Yeah. That's actually a style we haven't had on here. A uh, style that I really haven't like touched too much on. No. Yeah. You can't call it a Schwartz beer. Like people won't drink it. So we just call it our black lager. We upped the ABV to like 7% and yeah, it went really well. So people won't drink a Schwartz beer. I don't think so. I got, I was talking to, uh, Sam from bond place one time and he's like, he made, Wait, hold, oh, all right, all right. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rewind. Which personality? <laughs> yeah. Which of 12, which of Sam's 12 personalities were you? Yes. Talking to which personality time? from Sam were you actually talking about? Uh, which one of his, one, spl- I guess. <laughs> <laughs> was it Phyllis? Cause she's really nice. <laughs> I don't remember. He didn't. It's like watching the movie split every time he talked. Yes. Him. He didn't say, but he was just like, yeah, we made a Schwartz beer and like people didn't like it. And then we named it black lager and all of a sudden people start drinking it. So, Oh, that's hilarious. God damn it. I hate yeah, the beer so, community. <laughs> so, much. so, um, the, we did that and it sold very well. So I have like the last remaining like four packs. So that's what I've been enjoying. The opinions of the podcast are solely, uh, we're solely responsible for the opinions of this podcast. Ryan has nothing to do with this. Yes. Warwick farm brewing does not have any, uh, responsibility in the opinions of this podcast. The beer community sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You're all awful. Um, all right. Well, it's like calling a beer Saison or a farmhouse sale. Like the farmhouse sale is going to sell much better than a Saison. Right. We put it in a bottle. It's from 2015. It's a farmhouse sale. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, it, I feel like at, at this place, uh, Sam from Bond Place is like our Kevin Bacon. Like every everybody we talk every to is like brings him up. Yes. and then we still can't get at least two of his personalities on the podcast. No, I I, I have a direct line to him, and I can't. Yeah, we, we have his phone number. We we can't we can text him. him, but every now and then I'm like, am I texting him or Fred Flintstone? I have no idea. He's an interesting character. And uh we we've had several of his like 
compatriots on the podcast and so many of his friends and everyone's like, Oh yeah, you should interview Sam. And he just, <laughs> he doesn't like, I, he, everyone says like, Oh, he doesn't like the, like the beer press. We're not the beer press. We're fucking beer drinkers. Yeah. In fact, you might have a lot of fun on this podcast. Yeah. We will play off of your multiple personalities. Yeah. And you'll get to listen to POD for free. We'll stream it for you. That's yeah. That's something that not many can, you know, brag about. (laughs) And I feel like I can fly. Um, He does great stuff. I mean, like he does simple styles and he makes the market interested in it. He just like everything he brews is great. His main like a staple beer is an English bitter. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Which and is, GABF uh, award winning too. Yeah, which is and ridiculous. In the like, too. he does almost no hazy IPAs. No, I mean he doesn't even call them hazy IPAs. No, I think he just yeah. calls them IPAs. Yeah, he's got Scooch and he's got his uh, nice time. He's got the uh, the rabbit one. I forget what that one's called. Is that uh, Scooch that's got the fox on it or something? Bunny Hill or something he called or like Bunny Hop. I think he calls it. It's like a double IPA. I don't know. Sam is just a whole different beast, and we're gonna we're gonna make our. We're way just gonna there. knock on his door one day. Yeah. And be like, yeah, dog, oh, yeah. we're here. We've got like three mics. Let's just do it. Yeah, we almost got him. We were Ryan. We were this close. Yeah. Like we, we literally within three hours of the podcast, he committed, he committed <laughs> to doing, he committed to doing an episode with Ethan for the beer that they did a co uh, they did a collab beer. The stick man, uh, oh, one. Too. and uh, Ethan's our, our e- hero. Yeah, yeah. Ethan, Ethan is, uh, Ethan's a sounding board for me. Yeah. Ethan is the, um, the hero craft beer doesn't deserve. What do you, what do you say about him? He's, he just is like, I've listened to a couple podcasts with him. I met him like twice and just like, he, he, just the stuff that comes out of his mouth. I just can't stop laughing about the crap beer industry. Cause like what he says is so <laughs> truthful. What that? Like, so we like, you we, should go back and listen to our yeah, episode. We have with two Ethan. episodes with him <laughs> and it's just, I, I've, I've posed to do a, a whole, like a side episode, like a, like a side podcast to this podcast with him just called the craft beer curmudgeons. Cause him and I are just like on the same wavelength as far as hating the craft beer community. <laughs> I had no idea about this. Yes, you did. I put it in our, our, our group chat. This is the first time I'm hearing no, about not. this. Um, I didn't know that we weren't the best, best friends. We anymore. are. No, this that you would, had to get another podcast. That would be a side story, Stan. Come on. <sighs> it would be a side stories. We'll talk about this later. We're, we're the old, we're, we're going to couples therapy for this. <laughs> Ethan and I would be the old men in the, uh, in the balcony of the, uh, I'm just too happy and positive. I'm just like, what's up, man? I like this beer. Yeah. Ethan and I would be the, the, the two old men in the, uh, the, balcony of the uh muppet the muppet show <laughs> he made a beer called rate this beer poorly just on on tap just, and he like wanted people to i was at that beer release i actually picked yeah. it up in bottles <laughs> a whole, every one of his beers is tongue-in-cheek he made a yeah. he just re-released a beer called meh i was at that beer release so i was like 2016 i remember it was his first release as stick man too yeah, it, and i was at spectacular the, yeah Four pack bottles, man. It was his, crazy. Dude, his best beer. His best beer. Plant matter. It's a Belgian triple. That's not, I mean, for me, it's not his best. It's his best beer. 
It's your best. matter. And he, he said he, he and he has something for every everybody over there. Exactly. He's, his he's very talented. He said on this podcast he would never ever release plant matter ever again because it didn't sell. His best beer, Belgian triple. And he puts it in a can though. Hey, there you go. Hey. Put that Belgian in a can. Actually, he did. It was plant matter was in a can. Yeah. It was. <laughs> was it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it did sell. <laughs> it's so the good. The market's so weird, man. It, it's it's weird. I don't know. All right. <clears throat> um, I feel like we should wrap this thing. Yeah, I feel like um, we had a lot of good conversation. Yeah, a lot of good beer. Um, I think we're good to. Uh, well, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on this. This has been a lot of fun for us. Yeah, yeah, I had a blast. Yeah, you were uh, you were a wealth of knowledge and uh. Um, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. We love your beer. Um, we've said multiple times, even before you early in the podcast, we've said Warwick farm. Yeah. How are we going to get Warwick farms on this? There, you guys are, uh, I would say even from a, a, an early perspective, a top five PA beer for us. Yeah, definitely. I would say in our top five, um, we haven't gushed enough because we've been holding it back. Yeah. Just we want to remain professional, but <laughs> I loved you. Remember that? <laughs> Remember that time you guys released Juicy Pills? That was so oh, cool. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> we're like Chris. We're like Chris Farley, like interviewing Paul McCartney on SNL. Do, do you remember? <laughs> All right. So real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna gush pretty hard here. Okay, go ahead, Dan. You remember the first beer that they that like made us be like, Oh shit, we need to, we need to check out Warwick farms. So funny. You mentioned that we had two beers actually. I believe mm-hmm. it was uh, citrus sensation mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. was juicy pills. No false fake news. Which one was it? Uh, it was <clears throat> citrus sensation. Yeah. Maze for days. Oh, oh yeah. Maze for days was so Dude. fucking good. It was, that was a good one. Yeah. With, with, <sighs> it's a, literally the label with us on the front. That's the was that? Oh, that was you guys. And then you did it like old timey, like a, like you guys went to like a, like an old timey salon. Like on the boardwalk. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys put on those, like those outfits that like nine people put on before you did. <laughs> Yeah. So funny story is like that. <laughs> yeah. So we were incredibly hung over that day. <laughs> and so my wife is a photographer and we were taking pictures that day and she's like, uh, you know, stand in front of there. And we, for whatever reason, we dressed up like cowboys that weekend. And, uh, <laughs> The other three dressed up like cowboys and I was so hungover I forgot to. And on the label, I have a hat and a tattoo on my arm and I didn't have that during the picture. So that was added. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I I thought that was like, I was like, oh yeah, they like, they, they like had some kind of like, they found some old photo on the farm and that was the maze malt. That was in the summer. Yeah. We had that. Yeah. yeah. That one blew me away more than uh juicy pills for me. Yeah. Juicy pills was now like, that you brought that up. I was like, that was the summer beer for me. I remember like mowing my lawn and having that beer afterwards. Yeah. Juicy pills was like the hype beer. Like everyone was like posting about juicy pills. We wanted that one. And then we like, we ended up getting like citrus sensation and maze for days because There's- juicy pill. It was like in that period in between like, Juicy Pills releases. Yes. Mm-hmm. So our first our first venture into Warwick Farms was Citrus Sensation and 
Maze and for Maze days. for Days. And Maze for Days stole the show. I mean, Citrus Sensation was... It, that was... Like, yeah, that plucked my hazy heartstrings right there. Yeah. But it, it I mean, that it was a single hop, single hop variety and we were in so the... We're actually, we're brewing a double dry hop juicy pills coming up. So... <laughs> uh, we'll see. So it's the first... We're going to lose money on it, but I don't care. <laughs> You're going to make money from this podcast. Yeah. yeah. I don't... I don't <laughs> I want to see what the double dry hop to a Pilsner would be, but we like, we have a big juicy pills release coming up at you know, like Christmas time. Yeah. But so, like the- so I will tell you uh double dry hop pills. Um, <clears throat> I went to giant today and uh, I, I was just looking around for beers, looking specifically for a uh, hop cyclone from Trogues. Uh, the hop, tr- uh, hop cyclone section was uh, completely empty. You know, it was really full. Trogues is double dry hopped uh, pills. They have a double dry hop pills. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, it's called Simpsons did it. No. It, yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think it's, it's called like haze for days or something like that. It better not. <laughs> I'm, I think it's called like haze for days. Um, Minute. There's yeah, a I picture got on me on there. I'll be really upset. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I'm looking it up right now. Um, yeah, they do. Uh, I, I love Trogues too. They do. They do great stuff. So we've talked about it a lot on the on the podcast. So like these uh, these breweries that um, Trail Day Trail Day is what it's called. Trail Days. Is it is with Saws? They're if I had to take a guess, it's like <laughs> double dry hop with like Saws or like Holler Tars. Uh, it's got a Pilsner honey and uh, a Pilsner and honey malt malt. Uh, and it's dry hopped with Citra, Lotus, and Eldorado. Wow. Double dry hopped or just dry It's just dry hopped. Okay. Yeah. And it, it, the it, the additions are 50% oats and unmalted wheat. Oh, man. That's odd. Yeah. I wouldn't, but, I wouldn't do that, but <laughs> hey, they're drugs. <laughs> and that, yeah, I, hey, that might be why there was a plethora of them left in they the drove. store. Hop Cyclone fucking sold out like crazy. Yeah, yeah, apparently that beer fucking slapped. We've got some on the side. Don't worry. Ooh. Don't worry. I'm got gotcha. you. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So we, we've talked a bunch about like these breweries that are like the, you have these PA breweries. You have Sly Fox, Lancaster. Uh, victory trogues, the big boys. Yeah. That are, that are, you know, uh, distributing. I guess you could consider. Oh yeah. I was going to say new trail now with their distribution. So as of this year, yes. Of what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm getting the ring, what I'm getting at new trail doesn't fall into. Okay. So the, so the bigger guys, the bigger guys, the old guard as I guess we can call the guys that are really distributing. Um, those, they don't get the love they don't get love from the the beer community, like the craft beer community, but the brewers love them. Oh, totally. Dude, I'm so on board with that. And it I, it's something that we've talked about so much. Is that like you could say we talked about ad nauseum? Ad nauseum. Um, it's like we've we've talked about it, and I, I've talked about it on certain uh, like Facebook groups. I've I've slapped people down the back down the Tom, uh, reality. Tom. Tom. You just have to let them go. They don't know no. any better. 
Uh, I will never. Uh, any, anyone who's talking out of turn. Tom I, is the craft beer Karen of like craft beer groups. Oh Facebook. my God. Every time I log on to a craft beer Facebook group and I see someone talking shit. I don't know shit. if you've seen like the hair that's popping out of the back of his hat here. <laughs> craft beer Karen I, over here. I'm, I'm, I'm over here like putting Karen. I'm, I'm powdering my, I'm powdering my pimp hand. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, God damn it. That's going to be the name of the episode, isn't it? it? Is. God damn it. I'm doing it um, right now. But no, I like it. What we've learned from uh, brewers is like brewing in volume and the consistency that they do is so extremely difficult that it's but just people who only know the industry respect it. Right. Dude. Yeah. Like I, Sly Fox, like literally like our cooler is stopped with Sly Fox so much that we asked them to collab with us. That's how much they're. <laughs> so, hey, hey, I'm, I'm going to let you know a secret. You should collab with mainstay. Who's mainstay mainstay is Brian O'Reilly's. Uh, that's his brewery. Brian O'Reilly's that was the head brewer at uh sly Fox and he put them on the map and then yeah. he, he resigned as the head brewer and then opened up mainstay in Philly. I think I, no, oh, I the, that's what the O'Reilly stout. That's him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, he's the, he's the reason Sly Fox is Sly Fox. I, I, it's so weird. I think there's like those breweries that are like founded like 10 to like 20 years ago. They just don't get the respect that somebody that opened up five years ago might be making the same quality product. Or even might, two years ago. Yeah. Or two years ago, yeah. Or like, I, I I don't know why, but like I had this conversation with um, Hannah, uh, who's from Naked Brewing, and she worked at Free Will for forever. And like, I like I don't I don't know what it is. Like why? Like Free Will makes like some of the like fantastic hazy IPAs, and I don't know why they, you know. I'm just saying like the, the level that like free will, I think free will is at that level too. Free will, you know, like, I, I would say is almost get. there. Definitely. Yeah. Their barrel program with it's the best. And I would say like who rivals them in this area in terms of their barrel program. No, they're, they're, their yeah. barrel aging program, sour Sunday, like what they're able to do with their barrel aging is. And the, their variety that they do. Yeah. Um, they, they make every beer that I've ever, cause like I live in, you know, Telford, they're like five minutes from me. But oh like, shit. My wife's yeah. in Telford. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, nice. Telford born and raised. Hey, do you, do you know Todd Pratt? Was, was he the guy that was from Telford? No, Eric Kratz. The Kratz. Yeah. Kratz. <laughs> Eric Kratz. Oh, I've met him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, super local, uh, Catcher, yeah, yeah Philadelphia yeah, Phillies, yeah. no big deal, you know, no big deal. But like NBD. every beer I've had from them has been like, it's a, it, it's a banger. Yeah, I, I've never yeah. had a bad beer, including no. like I've had Safe Word, their jalapeno IPA, and mm-hmm. I still have fucking enjoyed it. <laughs> free will is the reason that I went down my my rabbit hole of pilsners and lagers. Yeah, yeah. The Verg Nugan, Verg gotcha. Nugan, yeah. and uh, uh, what was the um, servant son? Sir, yeah. Servant son, son, was son servant, son yeah. servant. Uh, they're, no, they're yeah. cool. they don't, like they, don't, they absolutely don't get the love that they deserve. And it, it's all, it's all exclusivity. I mean, you have a place like Troon who has like a two barrel system and they put out like, they put out like six, six, uh, six crowlers 
every week. They have a five barrel system. Well, all right. We well, found out about it. All right. It, it, it They have like, they put out like, they're like, all right, we have one apple. We have one apple crate of uh apple box filled with crowlers. Uh, it's on Instagram and it's gone. All right. And then everyone's like, Trun's the best. Trun's the fucking best. And it's like, no, they're exclusive. Yes. Do they do good beer? Yes. Their beer is very good, but it's all exclusivity. But it, all the people, all the, all the very good breweries that if you ask any brewer is like, Oh, how good is this brewery? Volume and consistency. It's all you, you can go pick it up at a giant or a Wegmans. You know, it, it, that's the problem is like, if you can go pick it up at a, at a grocery store, it's, it's not a good beer. People scoff at that. Yeah. Well, think about how good that beer has to be to, to go through distribution, multiple sit there. It might not be, it might not be cold the whole time. And then you have to take it home, drive it home. That's my one gripe with uh, these supermarkets is they're putting keep cold, drink fresh on a fucking shelf, man. Pisses me off. And that's what like every, every new trail. That's where I get craft beer, Karen at the old local supermarket. When I see one, I'm like, why isn't this in the fridge? Oh, <laughs> you going tinkle? I, yeah, All right. I, I can't hold it. Yes, yeah, the tinkle. I tried very hard. All right. So, hey, this is the Dan hosted show now. <laughs> so, I guess since we're getting towards the end here, I'm going to talk about um, <laughs> some of the uh, some of the last kind of closing questions we do with a lot of the brewers on. Again, thank you for being on, man. This has been awesome. Um, yeah, dude. We're we're two huge fans of this. So. Um, three things we propose to every brewer slash owner that comes on the podcast is one favorite style, two favorite brewery, and three favorite beer you've had recently. Uh, you can start at any one of those questions. So favorite, favorite style, style, favorite brewery slash, and then favorite beer you've had recently. All right, I'll go, I'll go to favorite. So you said favorite style was the first one. Yeah. Um, Pilsner, because one, you can't hide anything and they're crisp. Exactly. Uh, and there's so many different variations you can do. Um, they are there. That, that's my favorite style. Uh, two, what favorite brewery? Yeah. So with like Pilsner's, like, I guess like your favorite style for that, like, obviously there is that like, that hoppy dryness at the end of that. Is that like, there's so many styles of Pilsner out there. Like like you have your extremely dry, like Italian Pilsners and everything. And Mm -hmm. then like, obviously it kind of goes to like your German Pilsners and things like that. Uh, Like what type of, you know, favorite like style of Pilsner? Is it like, do you like them more drier, more crisp? So I would say more Czech style, like where the, the hoppy, but there's also a balance with the malt. Um, we haven't really delved into the Italian style or the German style too much, but like we are big on the, on the Czech style because the hop is prominent in that. And if you think about American drinkers, they like, they like the hops. Pilsners. Yeah. They like well, hoppiness. So well, they like, I mean, the American craft beer drinker likes hoppiness, but if you like, look at the, American beer drinker in on the grand scheme of things, Pilsners. Pilsners is what sells. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're, we think check pills style. Like I I've read like two or three books just on Pilsner style. Um, I'm fascinated with how it, you know, how it started and, you know, the, the evolution of it. But I, I think the, the Czech style is something that the American drinker likes the most. So do you, do you go with like the, the Saz? Yeah. So like, uh, like our FYT Pilsner, we use, um, like Saz and that we, we won gold with that at the farm show last year. And, you know, we dry hop that beer, like who's dry hopping to give Pilsner. it that dryness right there too. Like it, it yeah. adds to that too, like a dry yeah. hop kind of taste. It does. Yeah. Like we, we dry ours out a lot. We, we have a lower pH. Um, we dry hop them. Um, so in a, in a Pilsner, in, in a perfect Pilsner, uh, you know, I want something very hoppy, very crisp. So awesome. Yeah. And, and with a good malt malt backbone. So you, um, you, you like your, you like your Pilsner a little more hoppy than, than yeah. normal. What's that? You like it a little more hoppy than normal. Cause when I think of a Pilsner, I don't think of like really like hop based. Well, there's a, like the, a certain dryness that comes from like the hop um, aftertaste to, um, I guess the Czech and, and particularly like the Italian Pilsner too. Yeah. Like the, the Czech style, I, you know, I haven't done much research on the Italian style, so, I, but I can speak for the Czech. Um, they, you know, the hops that they use, it's very earthy and spicy. So I think that kind of spiciness gives a perception of more crisp and yeah. dry. Um, and we dry hop it on top of that to give that, you know, more flavor. And we use a specific malt that, uh, gives off like a white wine kind of grapey okay. kind of flavor, like a Welch, what, like a Welch's grape juice. Um, so I, I think those, that, that fruitiness and the, the herbal kind of flavor play well together. So. Nice. And it's great to hear from like, um, brewers that like their favorite like type of beer style is like a Pilsner because it just adds to that like eclectic kind of like people like they know exactly what goes into that type of beer. It's not just like, oh, I'm, uh, it's going to be a passion fruit smoothie sour with, you know, extra lactose. That's my favorite. Oh, style. yeah. So look, I, it's, it's not <laughs> easy, man. It's, you know, uh, a Pilsner is six to eight weeks and we don't, we don't filter. So like it's, it's usually eight weeks. So like you have to be on your game when you're brewing. Does it, I, I feel like in, in, I, it's one of, I think it's one of like the missions of our podcast is like where we've turned the corner to like more of a beer education podcast. It's like, put some respect on uh, Pilsner's name. You know, it, it, like people get yeah. this, like this image of Pilsner's and it's like, uh, you know, it's some of like the big ones, you know, like Budweiser, <laughs> uh, which is an American lager. Come on, come on. Um, but you know, the, like the American, like the big boys, like, uh, what it, it Miller liked a Pilsner, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, yeah. It's an American Pilsner, but it's the corn in the, uh, in that's the, the thing is like, yeah, they're corn based. Um, yeah. And those, so those brewers that came over from Germany, they, you know, were used to uh standard two row. And then when they came over to America, they had the harsh six row. So they had to blend it with something that was more soft. So they used corn corn. And like, it's like 
kind of incredible what they did with that light lager because they had to, you know, but here, here's the thing about, you know, uh, you'll, everyone, you know, will talk shit on uh, a Miller light. When's the last time you had a bad Miller light? When's the last time you popped a Miller light and said, yeah, with like, this is not a good batch. It has to be the same beer every single time, no matter where you are, depending. And we can't stress it enough. How whether you're in Japan or right. like San Diego, we can't stress <laughs> it enough. How difficult it is to have that kind of consistency because it's not just, you can't just pump out beer like you do, like a, like a Twinkie, you know, like it, it's, I would say a Twinkie is like consistent across like countries too, though. Right. But it, the ingredients, are, like the way it's made is completely different. Like dude, elevation <coughs> plays a role in that. Like yeah, think about and like the like water scores banquet beer, baby. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, a great. I actually the like we got. Yeah, Coors Banquet. Oh, the gold. I would. I would drink that in a second. You you put a pill bottle of Coors Banquet at a wedding. Oh that's, hell yeah, that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> What's funny is that. Hold on. I mean, the beer we got drank pretty good, don't it? It does. Um, it does. Um, but it the the cons like the consensus around like the brewers that we ask. Most brewers will drink like we talked to a brewer last week, McUltra. Yeah, but a, a good amount of brewers that we talk to Miller High Life, champagne and beers, the champagne baby. and beers, baby. Yeah, that's it's. Uh, I like PBR. That's that's our. Uh, we ain't. just we just talked to a brewer last uh, episode. Yeah. PBR was his beer. There ain't nothing wrong. It's a blue ribbon winning beer for a reason. There ain't nothing so wrong. And, uh, we keep Sly Fox Hella stocked because come on, I just popped up. Pop top, yeah. come on, baby. Exactly. Yeah. Pop yeah. top, come on, come on, we that come on now. Because that is a. I know they're using. I know what. I just. It's a well-made beer, so it is. It's a. It might be one of the best beers I've ever had. Just a well-balanced all-around beer. It's it's ridiculous it's how good so it beer. is. All right, like the drinkability of it. Pop top, come on, come on, come can't on. can't beat it. Okay, right. favorite brewery. <laughs> What, what your favorite brewery right now going right now, right now. Like if you could just like off the top of your head, like who's wowing you right now, gun to your head. You have to buy, you have to get a beer from one brewery. Tom's got the gun to your head. I'm being real nice right now. Good. Copy Allagash, yeah. <laughs> Allagash. Anything from Allagash is phenomenal. So I could, yeah. Assume that from the whole conversation yeah. of like, you guys have been studying their process, um, which is very, it's it's given me a I guess a second look at Allagash because I wasn't I wasn't Allagash White kind of fan to begin with. Like I've had it before, but it never really wowed me. But like the process and the things that you say that they go through for their brewing makes me want to give them a second look. So yeah, it's it's cool it's cool to see what like brewers on the local level are saying about a beer like Allagash. Yeah, I, I mean they. I think 90% of their production is uh, Allagash White, but if you get that other 10% of what they're doing, it's like phenomenal. Like they're, they're Belgian yeah, triples, they're Belgian triple that's aged in a bot, you know, or in a barrel. Uh, 
they're cool ships. They're sours or just the whole cool ship so, process. Like, um, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow morning and text my friend. Cause I know he's passed out by now, <laughs> but I'm going to just be like, yo, have you ever heard of this cool ship process? I just like, <laughs> just wanted to like talk to you about it. Yeah, dude. That's where we got the inspiration to do it from. Like they have like literally like, uh, like hundreds of barrels dedicated to that. So are they just like pole barns where they just have like a barrel under it with like a roof just set over it? Yeah. So their original brewery is like a big like pole barn, like you said. Yeah. And there's like a bunch of barrels in there, but they brew it on their new brew house. And then they transfer the wort, which is the beer, into a shack that I was talking about. And then after it sits overnight, they transfer it into barrels and let it sit for like two years. And they just taste. They have like a 30 percent fail rate on them. Um, yeah, it used to, wow. it used to be 50% for them. And wow. then they dialed in the, the, uh, process and it's still, they still get, that's still dump, a high rate yeah. right there. <laughs> they still have to dump 30% of that stuff. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. That's still yeah. high. And it takes two years. Like you think yeah. like a year in, they got to dump it. Yeah, man. It's great that they have that Allagash white backbone. Like they got that Allagash white money front net. <laughs> yeah. They're an incredible company. So we our our values are based off of uh, a lot of our values are uh, inspired by them. So. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you go over uh, like uh, their the favorite beer? Like was Pilsner beer? Well, that's a style. Well, that was I guess like we were just talking about like favorite beer. Like if you had to if you you had to buy one beer. From any brewery, any style. Like it had all you over for the winter. Trey Fontaine. Okay. Trey Fontaine. Elaborate. I don't know that one. Yeah. Trey Fontaine. Oh man, you guys are missing out. I am. It's it's a brewery in like, uh, I believe it's Southern Belgium and they do all, um, wild fermentations It's a Saison. It's, it's a sour. Okay. Yeah. So it's all like, like that naturally soured, like no kettle, just barrel aged. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it, they have like the big, they have like the green bottles with like a three kind of on them. But, uh, they're like, we just bought a like hundred dollar bottle, like the other week because we love it so much. <laughs> like they, um, yeah. Trey Fontaine, but like an American brewery, if you guys are looking for that, I would say like, um, Allagash, like Belgian triple, that would be my go-to. Okay. So, and then what about a uh, guilty pleasure beer? I guess I, I we kind of covered that, like I, I guess a little bit. I guess with like the, PBR with the PBR, but like what what if like if you're at, like at, you're at a party and you like pull this beer out of the cooler, you're like, all right, I hope nobody is looking right now. Um. I get, I mean, I had a Bud Light at a wedding this weekend and I had beer at it and I was choosing Bud Light over our IPAs and people were like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, I guess like Bud Light, like it's just so well made. Um, I mean, I had like a, uh, from naked They're They're like right up the street from us for like 20 minutes. I had like a um, tiramisu inspired, uh, blonde stout. And it was like incredible. 
Um, it had like coffee, chocolate. It was blonde. That was that was really good. So blonde stouts are really uh, circulating right now. Yeah, and that's typically a style I wouldn't, I would you know wouldn't like. But um, Hannah brought over. She's the brewer there. She brought over, she brought over a four pack and I loved it. So yeah, we just got some of broken goblets, uh, the ghoul. So we're going to try some of that. Nice. Yeah. So, all right. Bud light. I mean, I'm a, I, I think I just have like the stigma of like bud light equals headache. Yeah. I was always a Miller person. Yeah. Miller light. <laughs> yeah. I it's was, all the same. Yeah, I know. It really like, is. It really is all the same. Like, I feel like Miller was always the one I went to. Yeah. Champagne and beers. Except in the summer, I'll go Bud Light Lime. Little All girl. Day. All little, day. little lady hanging on the moon. Little champagne and beer symbol and everything. I like Corona. There's nothing wrong with Corona. Ain't nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. Throw well, a little- I think Keystone Light and Coors Light are the same exact beer from uh, what I've heard through the uh, grapevines. Uh, probably. I would say that if they put Keystone Light a, in a bottle, it probably tastes the same. <laughs> man, it's been a it's been a minute since I've had a Key Light. Uh, I've had yeah, I've had a Stone. Um, God, I had it over one of my friends' houses. The the skating group, you know. Yeah, they don't drink good beer. No Key Light. <laughs> I mean Key Light. Like I, it, it's been a minute. Like, but uh, Coors Light has a distinct taste to it. Yeah, there is a sweetness to it. Yeah. Um, that. I don't like Coors Light, but I love Banquet Beer. L- yeah. Love Banquet Beer. I, I mean, I think that goes for me, that goes back to like, that was the, the shot in a beer. Shot in a beer. Shot in a beer is just bottom shelf whiskey and a Banquet Beer. Yeah. Banquet Beer, whether it was 16 ounce or a pill bottle. Right. Like I was taking it. Yeah. I don't know. Banquet Beer looked more presentable in my hand than any other beer. <laughs> when you felt like more of a man drinking it than a Coors Light. Yeah, gold label, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Brown bottle. All right. right. So, you wanna, well, yeah, let's wrap this up. You want to wrap this thing up? Yeah. Yeah, wow. We've actually gone beyond two for once. We did. Yeah. Whew. It's been a while. It's been a while. But, been hey, while. it's been great conversation yeah. because we got to... Uh, I don't know. You think we got a new front for this podcast? Oh, I mean, he's he's pretty far out there. I mean, it's a haul to get out there. It really is. I mean, do you think he's going to put in that petting zoo? I hope he does put in a petting zoo. I really want to drink with goats. I mean, yeah, he's a new friend. friend. All right. We got a new friend of the podcast. podcast. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Brian, you can, uh, you can expect your welcome package in seven to 10 business months. Um, (laughs) <laughs> all right thank you very much for coming on yeah, it, this, lot, this has been a, really a, a a great pleasure for us to to talk to you um you know about the ins and outs and beer of beers um i mean we have i guess we have some things to go over some yeah i mean well first we should definitely plug our steam guest here ryan yeah um, if you guys, if you're not familiar with Warwick Farms, get um, familiar with them. Uh, yeah. What, what are you doing? If you're listening to our podcast, um, follow them on Instagram at Warwick Farm Brewing. Great beer. Um, go to their website, uh, Warwick Farm Brewing. Uh, nope. But yeah, I did that wrong. It's not brewing gang. <laughs> Is it Warwick Farm Brewing.com? Yep. All right, cool. Thanks. Warwick Farm Brewing.com. Tom, man, I was dude. I I was doing this on on customer calls. 
uh, during the during the day, I just on my cell phone. I'm just really curious as you, how you found Warwick Farm Brew Gang. Dot com. It was it was probably just <laughs> yeah. a typo, man. Come on. I no. To look up. no, it's all good. I mean, if if you guys haven't had them yet, just I don't know what you're doing if you live in this area. Are you even bearing yeah. if you haven't had Warwick Farm? Yeah. Are you under a rock? Like seriously, this this brewery is probably yeah, like you said, top five. Top five. Follow Easy. their Instagram, go to their website. That's all we have to say. I mean, I'm I'm so excited for the uh the farm farm to tap the hop. I'm the excited hop for yard. the uh, the uh Dunkel Lager because I'm gonna be sending your yeah. ass up there with some Venmo money. Yeah, yeah. Tom, <laughs> Tommy boy is not not getting back in my wife's gonna be tucking my kid in the bed and I'm gonna be like, Oh, sorry I'm late. I would had to go out to Jameson. Yeah. Tomas Escobar over here is gonna <laughs> yeah. meal some fucking beer for me. <sighs> well, you can follow us on uh, on Instagram and Facebook at Best Best Friends Pod. That's at Best Best Friends P O D. I don't even know what I played anymore. <laughs> we played this one already. Did okay. we? P O D. As long play? as you play, as long as you play the right one at the end. Do we, do we play Southtown yet? Not yet. Okay, but you can hey. email us <laughs> at. Do you, do you want to be on the podcast? Do you have a brewer that you want to suggest for the podcast? Uh, is there anything you want us to talk about? Do you want to, do you just want to spout about what's going on in your life right now? Uh, email us. As long as it's beer related. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play therapist for you. Uh, whatever you want to talk about at best, best friends or well, not at best, best friends pod at gmail.com. That's best, best friends. P-O-D. Open up the pit. At gmail.com. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, real quick, before we sign off here, um, it, this is coming out on a Thursday morning. Yeah, so we're a couple days into it when this yeah. drops, but we are getting a lot of reaction for this. This is yeah. a... This is a pretty heavy little giveaway we're doing right now. Yeah. So we're doing a, uh, we're doing a, a beer giveaway right now. Uh, last week, uh, our buddy at experimental, uh, out of New Jersey, Harry, he, uh, he did a beer giveaway of his own. Uh, and if you missed out on that, fret not, we, uh, we he gave us some beer. Yep. We are doing a collaboration with, uh, with experimental in celebration of his thousandth follower. Um, we're only 700 followers away, man. We're getting there. Almost 600, almost 600. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're doing a, a beer giveaway. We've got a, a lot of, uh, very good, uh, Southeastern Pennsylvania beers. A lot of good PA beers. on. Yeah. There. Um, Warwick farms is one of them. Uh, but you can go out there and buy them yourselves. So there's that. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so check out our our Instagram um, for our our beer giveaway. Uh, rules definitely apply for that. You have to yeah check out all the rules on Instagram because we're not going to go over them. There's so many of them, so you're gonna that really isn't. It's very easy. Follow us. It's very easy, but you have to like do it the on post, Instagram. <laughs> like the post, and uh, tag three friends. Uh, if you want additional uh, three additional entries, uh, you can share our post to your story. Um, and I think we have 12 or 14 beers to give away. 
so you're getting a good haul. Yeah. Uh, so give us, go ahead and check that out. Uh, the giveaway does end Saturday night at 11 59 Eastern standard time. And a winner will be drawn on Sunday, uh, 11, eight. Um, I think that does it. That does it, man. Yeah. Ryan, again, can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Yeah. This, this has was been a lot of fun. Super fun. Uh, we really enjoyed your beers. Um, we look forward to, uh, I look forward to having Dan request that I drive severely far out of my way, uh, to, to get you more of your beers. <laughs> Text you later, big guy. <laughs> you might have to take an Uber home. <laughs> uh, man, when that tap room opens up, I will be spent. Uber's going to get a lot of my money. I don't know. I'm going to find, I'm going to make sure I can get Hilton points up there. If that happens. <laughs> oh no, there's, there's nothing up there. It's just Trump country. Oh, gee. <laughs> Lots of Trump signs on the way to your brewery, man. There. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a rally that rolled through there the other weeks. <laughs> yeah. Oof. All right. Well, uh, Go check out uh, Warwick uh, on their website or their Instagram. Um, Dan, you know what I always have to say to you. Make me blush. I love you. Always have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Just remember, uh, this isn't goodbye forever. It's just one more POV drop. All right, everybody. Uh, and everybody remember in uh, in your hearts and in your minds on this election night. Yep. <laughs> that the Clinton family is responsible for Jeffrey Epstein's death. Best Wrestling Podcast, episode 41. We out. See ya. Pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. This podcast is hosted by two bros. By two bros. So crack a beer and laugh at some videos. Videos. Superhuman jump through barbed wire bricks. Fuck this shit. Hang out with little lunchbox. Become a cluggalet. A cluggalet. Sometimes I'm a stouty boy, sometimes lazy. And this podcast is both. So it's all for me. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Cindy Crawford's a fan. How could you go wrong? So many pods up there. Were it the ones for me? Epstein is still alive. And